Day to day on coffee and toe. You know, Auntie. Give me a little soul, Lola. Give me a little soul, Lola. Hey, give me a little soul, Lola. Thank you for choosing to wake up with us or start your day with us or spend your lunchtime with us or close your day with us. Depending on where you are in the world, thank you so much for joining me. I've got to keep on a little scarf from Marcia Griffiths, the queen of reggae music, well my queen of reggae music. Now we're gonna step out of Babylon one by one. The times I've had, oh God it doesn't make me sad, oh no it doesn't bother me, strength and <laughs> Give thanks unto the Almighty. 
Today, we're in the middle of the week. Some say happy hump day. We say happy WCW. We celebrate women today. And today we're celebrating the one and only Marcia Griffiths. Opened your eyes, you were able to get up out of that bed. You better give some thanks. But I know, yes, I Be grateful, folks. Zion. There are many who would switch places with you right there. Children will find the way. So get up, get up, and don't let the devil lead you astray. Stepping up the Babylon. In Mount Zion, stepping out the Babylon in New Jerusalem. In Mount Zion, stepping out the Babylon one by one. Stepping in Mount Zion, stepping out the Babylon one by one. Stepping in Mount Zion. Oh 
thank you for that reminder monster griffiths we gotta keep moving no matter what survival is the name of the game here she is singing truly It's a quarter past the top of the hour. We're going to go ahead and get started. to all our listeners around the world logged on to the quality music zone qmzradio.com and everyone listening on johnoradio.com good morning to my studio audience courtesy of clubhouse it is wednesday february 22 hashtag wcw we celebrate women today every day but in particular today thank you so much for joining me for coffee in tow world news on the go we do this every monday through friday 9 a.m to 1 p.m eastern this is where i read the news and we share our views you can find me on twitter me media moments on tiktok moments with me media and on instagram moments underscore with underscore me underscore media and the me in everything is mi and here are the headlines we have for you today out of the caribbean corner mega yacht causes island-wide communications meltdown in anguilla antigua is monitoring deportation issue involving west africans in trinidad and tobago man remanded for threatening to kill bahamian prime minister out of jamaica four women in alleged sajikor fraud to report to cops twice weekly opposition stages walk out as local government elections again postponed and uh police are investigating the murder of a father and son in saint catherine we have those stories and more for you out of latin america mexico's former public security head is convicted in the u.s of taking cartel bribes on the international scene christian atsu found dead after turkey earthquake botswana has seen a huge spike in rhinoceros poaching over the past five years u.s judge says 9-11 families are not entitled to afghan bank funds four-day work week trial in uk shorter hours happier employees south korea court landmark ruling recognizes same-sex couples rights 
In stories out of North America, explosion at Ohio Metals plant kills one worker in just 13. Seattle becomes first U.S. city to ban caste discrimination. Biden administration proposes strict asylum restrictions at border. And Barbara Lee enters hotly contested race for California's Senate seat. In business and tech news, Wall Street tumbles as the Dow loses 697 unfairs about high rates. Supreme Court wrestles with lawsuit shield for social media. Mormon Church and its investment manager fined $5 million by the SEC. And the maker of Enfamil recalls 145,000 cans of infant formula over bacteria risks. In health and science news, European food experts say what we already know. The American diet is almost certainly making people sick. And a fifth HIV patient has been cured following stem cell transplant. We have our Black History Moment today. Margaret E. Bailey. In sports news, Carmelo says he won't discuss any of the backlash over his controversial past. Well, I'll be damned. And believe it or not, stories discarded cigarette butt DNA tests solve a 52-year-old murder. And a pilot thought his instructor who died in flight was just pretending. In the brew entertainment news, Debrat is pregnant at 48. Yeah. Well, things are not over for Vibes Cartel. And Rumbeach says Jamaica could learn from Trinidad's carnival. We're going to have the store details of those stories and more coming up after a little more Marcia Griffiths. Let's go. And happy friends I like to see all the smiling faces People from different races Different places No more sorrow, just give me joy So keep smiling Every girl and boy Just one smile can take you through So much bad One front can do So smile for me It's amazing what One smile can do So smile for me and let your joy come shining through. Smile a while and give your face a rest. Make happiness your permanent address. Clear your heart of that heaviness. So open your heart, stretch forth your hands. A simple smile can heal someone. This bag of frowning like you vex with everyone. Come make we smile and make we change your plan. Cause only happiness can heal this land. Together I know we can. Marcia with the positive message in the music. Save another one for tomorrow. It can take away your pain and sorrow. Smile a while and give your face a rest. Make happiness your permanent address. Clear your Let's turn that frown upside down and put a smile on our faces. A simple smile can heal someone. Better believe that, folks. Sometimes all it takes is a smile on your face.
She says she never do no wrong. So I will stay by your if side. You say goodbye, I don't wanna see you and cry. Girl, how we must Sweet love is all she needs. And that is what I'll provide. Cause your love, sweet love, that's all I need. Give it to me, baby. Time for one more from Marcy Griffiths. She is our hashtag WCW artist for today. I want to be closer to you. I want to be sweeter to you too. Sound. 
that's the bottom of the hour. We're gonna get started right after this one. Closer to you from Marcia Griffiths. Closer to you. So much, so much. I wanna be sweet. So sweet. I wanna be so much sweeter. I wanna be sweeter. Sweet. So it's time for me to put aside my DJ voice and put on my news voice. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Thank you to everyone listening on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Of course, I have to give a big thank you to everyone right here with me on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. I'm, I'm Moments with me, and you're tuned in and listening to Coffee Into World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern where I read the news and we share our views. All right. Thank you, Coffee. First up, Mega Yacht causes island-wide communications meltdown in Anguilla. Story courtesy of Nationwide Radio, JM.com. Anchors from a mega yacht docked off the coast of Anguilla have damaged the subsea fiber cables supplying the British Overseas Territory, causing an island-wide communications meltdown. Wow, what kind of problems are that? Are those, I should say, <laughs> problems, those, right? Several of the countries and nearly 16,000 residents remained without internet internet access for a while. The incident also affected fixed and cellular networks, cutting communication with the rest of the world. In a joint press release, the island's governor and premier said repair efforts were underway to restore the country's communications infrastructure. Who pays that bill? The mega yacht owner or the government? I'm sorry, I would be submitting that bill to the mega yacht owner. And he can take it up with his captain. Or... Act. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's a bill the taxpayers of Anguilla should have to absorb any at all so i hope um the mega yacht owner did the right thing and just went ahead and said hey give me your bill give me the bill give me the bill (laughs) you know not even think twice about that that's the right thing to do all right we hop on over to antigua antigua is monitoring deportation issues involving west africans in trinidad and tobago story courtesy of caribbean.loopnews.com The Antigua and Barbuda government is monitoring a high court case in Trinidad and Tobago where a judge has temporarily blocked the immigration department from deporting five Cameroonians who arrived there last November after fleeing their homeland, fearing they would have been killed by military forces there. Last week, Tuesday, Justice Carol Gobin granted the application to the lawyers representing the African nationals less than four hours before they were to be placed on a flight to Panama and then back to Cameroon. Governor General Sir Rodney Williams delivering the traditional throne speech at the opening of the new parliament following the January 18 elections said that the Gaston Brown administration, which is dealing with a similar situation where hundreds of people from Cameroon are stranded there, is aware of the High Court ruling in Port of Spain. 
My government notes with interest to the decision of the High Court in TNT less than a week ago to prevent the TNT government from deporting the West Africans back to their homeland. My government further notices that the UN Refugee Agency played a significant role in stopping the deportations. My government is required to take the High Court decision into consideration and to the role of the UN Refugee Agency prior to making its final decision. Earlier this month, following the weekly cabinet meeting, Information Minister Melford Nichols, or Nicholas rather, told reporters that the government had decided while West Africans will not be afforded Antiguan and Barbudan citizenship, those who choose to remain could be offered residency and work permits. The government had previously announced that the hundreds of Africans who arrived in the country on charter flights in recent months would be allowed to remain. And I think we spoke about this last week as well. Um, but you're sending them to Panama. So you're, that, that's from Trinidad and Tobago. That sounds like a lot of flying. From Trinidad and Tobago to Panama. So you have to... I don't know if they cut across South America or they just go around the sea line. But you're heading west. West, right? Yeah. Then you're going to head back east to get to West Africa. That sounds, but I guess it's the only way to do it. I don't know. Seems a little unreasonable for me. I'm sorry. Are you saying people are going to Panama or to West Africa? Okay. So to get them back to West Africa... They are, an airplane. Right. They're going to have them fly <laughs> to them Panama. Sorry. Right. They're going to have them fly mm-hmm. to Panama, which is flying west, right? West of Trinidad and Tobago to get to Panama and then Panama to West Africa. Now they're going to head east, which just sounds ridiculous. Why yeah, can't that, they that's just... not far. No, no, moments. It's, it, Panama is right there. Hold um, on a second. Let me pull up okay, the world map. Yeah, yeah. Trinidad that is right beside Venezuela, then Colombia, then Panama. Yeah, if but you're going back west, yes, but it's right there. I mean, you can fly to Europe, then Cameroon. Yeah, but okay, all right, hold but on. Hold on, let me let me pull up this thing here because me must be losing my mind. I'm thinking, um, uh, where's the what? map? Where's the map? I'm, I'm trying. Remember, maybe she's thinking something else. Just the fact that they're traveling that much. Exactly. Remember, just... if, if, but here's here's one thing I'm thinking of. Remember the other day we were talking about someone who couldn't get any status, a prisoner who had been released from Guantanamo. Yes. And he ended up in like South America, someplace. Uh Panama. Remember, I think it's Panama. I I don't think so. I think it was someplace else. I think it was Chile. But whatever it was, if I'm wrong and you're wrong, we're wrong. <laughs> but the thing was that the person had um, it's a country that would take them. This may be a similar circumstance where these people who were, for lack of a better word, refugees from their country or looking for asylum, let's make it clean it up, looking for asylum from the Cameroon and they came to Trinidad, perhaps there is no other place who's willing to accept some people searching for amnesty and they're only going to send them, only uh, Panama will allow them to come to their land, for, I mean, their country for a while, and then send them back to someplace else. Okay. Okay. I'm just. I'm not sure if I'm hearing you right. Okay, why, why, so I'm like wondering why you were thinking about it so much. Yeah, because okay, so they're saying that um, they were to be placed on a flight to Panama, so they're gonna head 
west right from trinidad when you leave trinidad you have to fly west to get to panama it's almost a four-hour flight right then you're gonna head east to fly from panama to cameroon so you're gonna be pretty much crossing back over trinidad and i'm wondering why that that's it they they have to take a flight to panama then from panama to cameroon and i'm like why can't they just go from trinidad straight to west africa or another eastern caribbean island straight to west africa that's what i was wondering why this extra four hours because there's probably no straight there's no straight flight from trinidad to cameroon no other eastern caribbean island okay i was just thinking logistics yeah 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 because remember the most time most of the time when we go to africa we either if we're going from the caribbean we either have to stop in the u.s or in europe and then go to africa for the most part hmm. there are no direct flights from the u.s to to ghana or nigeria none no, no, from the U.S., yes. Oh, okay. But I'm saying from the Caribbean, we oh, either have to go okay. to Europe or we have to go to the U.S. Okay. 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 Julie says there are straight flights to Kenya. <laughs> Thank you, Julie. Ah, from, from where? Let's see. Let's wait for her response in the chat. I know that they have direct, they started doing direct flights. Um. Oh, Julie says from New York. Okay. From New York, but I was thinking in the EC, are there any direct flights? But I, well, all right. Well, let's see. For those who get to stay or who choose to stay in Antigua, they will not be getting a an Antiguan passport, which means they'll not be getting citizenship. However, they will be allowed um residency and work permits, which leads me to last night. I heard this. Not sure how true it is. So right now, it's a rumor. Okay, nobody take this as gospel. That they are working on a bill, which I think was started when Trump was in. They're working on a bill that if you weren't born in the U.S., right? So if none of us here were born in the U.S., but we have children here, we're naturalized, but we have children here, those children will not get U.S. citizenship. Is that true? I heard about it as well. Okay. So. <laughs> you're me with my crazy self now. So I'm th- saying, if that is the case, somebody in Kamala Harris's situation would never be able to get that far, so to speak. Would, she be, would somebody be, still be able to become a vice president in this country? But then I'm also thinking, oh, go ahead. Before I go on, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Could you repeat? Are you saying that birthright citizenship is going away? Is that what you're saying? That's right what I'm hearing that they're, that Trump had started it and that they're really looking into that, which I, and, um, go ahead, go ahead. I'm no, which for me means that every single one of us, except the indigenous don't belong here, should not have okay. U.S. citizenship, but go ahead, Sonette. No, no, I was just asking the question. I didn't hear what you were saying. You're saying birthright citizenship has been proposed to end. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I um, I hear that, but I, you know what? Go on. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I'm, oh, hoping it's a, I'm hoping it's a rumor. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. 
you're, you're sure you're, you're sure they're saying if naturalized citizens have kids here they're not citizens or if a, a tourist visitor or someone that's not a u.s citizen or resident have a child here the the the, the child is not eligible for citizenship because of birth right that one i know about but i'm talking about the other one which i just heard yesterday yesterday which is why the i other, said other it's a rumor which i yeah, said it's a, it has to be a rumor it has to be but dre i'm but let's look at the other scenario though how does it work right let us say you are a citizen here in the u.s i come here from jamaica right we develop a relationship I get pregnant, I go back home, and you say, come here and have the child. I'm not a citizen here. What happens in that case? Nor a resident. No, no, you, 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 you can't have the child. I, I know most countries that, that strict, so let's use uh, the Cayman Island, for, for instance, mm -hmm. because um, my, my sister, one of my sister live in the Cayman Islands, and both she and her husband are citizens now. Her first child, she had to come to the U.S. and had the child. The second child, she went back to Jamaica, mm -hmm. right? Um, so now, if one of them was a Caymanian citizen, she could have stayed there and had the child, but none of them wasn't a Caymanian citizen at the time. So mm -hmm. she couldn't, she, if she had the child in the Cayman Islands, she could, but she would have to go back to Jamaica and register that child. What the heck? Okay. So, yes, yeah, so so it's not they don't do birthright citizenship in in the Cayman Islands. However, if one of the, the the parents is a citizen, the mother can have the child in the Cayman Islands, and the Cayman Islands and and the child will be a citizen. Okay, so is it the so, same thing in the states though? No, it's not the same thing. It doesn't matter right. where you come from. So you and okay, Dre. So you and I in a relationship. I am not a citizen nor a resident you are a citizen and you say to me come up here and have the baby and i come here what um citizenship does that child get does the child get the to child, get a well, u.s citizenship well, because you the father are a citizen or do because i'm not the child has to get registered in jamaica what happens in that case you're talking currently now? Yeah, right now. What would be the case right, right now? Right now is one. Right now is one. If one of the parents is an American citizen, it doesn't matter even where the child born. The child is automatically American citizen. That's how it works now. You could be born in the U.S. out the U.S. Whatever, as, as long as one is, one of the parents is an American citizen, that child is automatically American citizen. That's how it works now. That's what I know. Okay. All right. I was just wondering if I was here. Good morning. Thank so, you, Dre. Thank you. Go ahead. Yes. So, 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 if one of the, the parents is a American citizen, and that child is born outside of the U.S., like uh, Jamaica, you're saying that automatically that child is still considered a U.S. citizen? Automatically, yes. So that child. So it's not a case where the person needs to say, "Oh, bring a go, um, go America, go have the child, so that child can have a uh, become an American citizen." No, you don't have to. As long as one of the parents is an American citizen, that child is automatically an American citizen. That's how it works now. Uh, 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 I was under the. Uh, I, I didn't know that. I mean, a couple of persons. Uh, yeah, I, I so mean, them the always run to the U.S. to have a child. No, if the child. 
well, I mean, a lot of people come to the U.S. have a child because we don't have to get into that part. But, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the child could, uh, if say for instance, if me go and get a girl pregnant at Jamaica, she can have the child there. All I have to do is just go down, show my paperwork at the embassy or whatever, I'm a child and file for the passport and everything, I'm, my child is good. Mm, okay. That's it. Anywhere in the world. Okay, that's what you're saying. All right. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm just hoping, Dre, that what I heard is a rumor. Okay, that's all I'm hoping for. Didn't Trump actually say that out his mouth when he was in power? Yes, he did. But um, what I'm thinking is, 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 is not a, I don't think they would do anything with um, naturalized citizens or whatever. I think they're trying to stop people who just, like visitors or whatever, who just come to the country and have kids and the, and the child is not American. And plus the illegal immigrants. I think that's one of what they're doing too. With the illegal immigrants also having um, kids and they're automatically um, citizen because of birthright. I think it's more on that level, you know, because... Um, Naturalized citizens are already citizens of the child born here. I don't. I don't see how. Oh, they would try to stop that. That. That would bring too much chaos. Oh, okay. Right. And legally, that would make no sense. All right. Okay. Thank you, Dre. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right. Next story: A man has been remanded for threatening to kill Bahamian Prime Minister. Story courtesy of Nationwide Radio JM. A 21-year-old man has been remanded until Thursday after he appears in a magistrate's court uh, threatening to kill a Bahamian prime minister or the Bahamian prime minister, rather, Philip Davis. The man, identified as Isaac Roberts, denied the accusation of making the death threat on February 18 when he made his initial appearance in court. Chief Magistrate Joanne Ferguson-Pratt remanded him to prison until Thursday when he will return for bail hearing. The charges against Roberts come nearly two weeks after a 58-year-old man was questioned for making similar death threats against Davis, who led the Progressive uh, Liberal Party, PLP, in September 2021, defeating the Free National Movement, FNM, government of Dr. Hubert Minnes. The police say that around 8.20 a.m. on Saturday, a man called Central Police Station and threatened to kill Prime Minister Davis. On February 3, the office of the Prime Minister received two anonymous death threats over the phone in the span of one hour. You can't make those idle threats, folks. Um, no. You, you know, not against a state representative, certainly not. All right, for our next story, uh, or next set of stories, we head on over to Jamaica. First up, for women in alleged Sajikor fraud to report to cops twice weekly. Story courtesy of Jamaica.loopnews.com. The four women accused in an alleged $65 million fraud at Sajikor saw their bail conditions restricted at their first appearance in the Kingston and St. Andrew Parish Court on Tuesday. And I hope you're hearing me because I am getting a server message from Clubhouse that the servers are struggling. So if you're not hearing me at any time, please do not hesitate to let me know. The four, Trisha Moulton, manager at Sagicor's Ligony branch, her sister Alicia Moulton-White, former Sagicor Group Vice President, personal banker Malika McLeod, and client care officer Tishan Samuels, were subjected to fingerprint orders by senior parish judge Lorianne Cole-Montague. 
The judge also ordered them to surrender their travel documents and stop orders are now in place at all ports against them. The women were also told to report to the nearest police station on Tuesdays and Thursdays between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. With several documents and statements still outstanding, all four were told to return to court on April 27. The judge also ordered that full or partial disclosure be made on or before March 31st. Moulton White is being represented by attorney at law Matthew Hyatt and Bert Samuels, while McLeod is being represented by Peter Champagne, KC. Samuels is being represented by Rita Allen Brown, while Moulton is being represented by Orville Samuels. Samuels has been charged with larceny as a servant, conspiracy to defraud and access with intent to commit or facilitate the commission of an offense under the cybercrimes law. Opposition stages a walkout as local government elections again postponed. Courtesy of Jamaica.loopnews.com, the government has posed or what is this? Posited? Is that the pr- pronunciation? P-O-S-I-T-E-D? I hope so. Y'all don't beat me up. I'm, first I'm seeing this spelling. I'll be honest. The government has posited that it needs more time to ensure that the country's, you know what, hold on. I can't move forward now. I'm sorry. I think my clubhouse people know me by now. <laughs> If I stumble upon something, I'm not going to stop. Okay. Let me get the proper pronunciation. If this will play it for me. Hold on. Let me see. Pause it. But it says posited. So I did pronounce it correctly. Okay. Posited. Assume as a fact put forward as a basis of argument or to put in position or place. All right. So posited. Posit. Is the verb, the past tense is posited, past participle posited, and that is assume as a fact, put forward as a basis of argument, put in position or place. Okay, thank you for humoring me, folks. (laughs) The government has posited that it needs more time to ensure that the country's economic recovery is sustained before it is in a position to call the local government elections. As a result, the elections, which were due by February 28, have been further postponed by one year until February 28, 2024. The announcement was made by the Minister of Local Government and Rural Development, Desmond McKenzie, in the House of Representatives on Tuesday during the debate on the representation of the people postponement of elections to Municipal Corporation and City Municipalities Act. This is the third time since 2020 that Mackenzie has come to the Parliament to announce that local government elections will be delayed each time by a year. The elections, which are constitutionally due every four years, were last held in November 2016. However, they were postponed in November 2020 with the government stating then that the public health risk from the COVID-19 pandemic was too high. This despite Jamaicans going to the polls two months earlier in September to cast their ballots in the general election. The local polls were again postponed until February 28 this year after the government said the country was still being impacted by COVID-19. On Tuesday, 
Mackenzie said that while Jamaica's recovery from the pandemic has been lauded internationally, the country's economy was still in a fragile state. Stop playing games, JLP. Stop it. Stop pushing it off. And how is it that in 2020, November 2020, you were able to hold general elections because it was beneficial to you September 2020, you had general elections in the height of the pandemic. Because remember, 2020 was the year when everybody under lock and key, nobody don't move, everybody stands still. And you have to in your yard by a certain time, curfew was at an all-time high. No dance couldn't keep, no street vendor couldn't make no money. But elections were held. And then there were to be local government elections and they used the excuse of um, the pandemic. The following year, you still come back with the pandemic argument. And then this year, you're talking about the country's economy still in a fragile state. Stop it. Stop it. We're not tech people for EDAT. Come on now, um, JLP. Let's not do this. Let us not do this. What are you worried about? If your local folks are doing their job, what's the problem? And probably it's time for some of them to come out. Maybe they didn't submit the report to the Auditor General also. man I'm, I don't like when people play games and think people are stupid people are not dumb not at all we can see right through this you have some um, local representatives who really not doing nothing they're only there because of what, what's the term for the um Oh my gosh, I'm black now. But there's a term when people know whether you're wrong or right, no matter what, they might die hard. People are only there because you have die hard supporters of a particular party. Them not care if you burn the place down, they might make sure you stay in there. Or is it that the die hard mentality is slowly fading? I know you feel a little worried. Because the road them where you're supposed to pave properly, not pave properly. The markets that's supposed to be cleaned up, not cleaned up. The the um drainage, the drainage systems not working the way they ought to. Sounds to me as though there is a lack, and because there is a lack, and a laxity, them buying time. Enough is enough. Call the elections if if it is supposed to be every four years. And it didn't happen in 2020. Well, I don't see why not. If general elections could have taken place, local elections could have taken place. And usually, most people turn out more for a general election than they will for a lo um, local elections, local government elections. And then you're going to, uh, Mackenzie's going to tell the host that the government has been sharply focused on two main things building national resilience against any further economic shock, whether man-made or natural. 
and the expansion of the maintenance of strong economic growth that all our citizens can feel and see at a personal level. I mean, this is about that there now. Who forget kick out, get kick out, and who forget Putin, get Putin. We need workers, not um, people passing time. I don't talk. I'm not here for the foolishness. Really not here for it. And that's part of the problem with um, politics. And these politicians, everybody want to become a fixture like them named Figurine for your buffet in your house. And no, no, say, but Figurine can knock off and break. Excuse my rant. I don't like to see foolishness. In our next story, activists urge Jamaica to nix anti sodomy laws amid horrific violence. Activists demanded on Tuesday that Jamaica repeal a colonial era law criminalizing gay sex noting that the government still has not heeded a regional rights panel's recommendation two years ago to do so. The call comes as a growing number of islands in the conservative Caribbean region strike down similar but rarely invoked laws that often seek life sentences and hard labor. Jamaica has resisted such a repeal and is considered the Caribbean nation most hostile toward gay people. Jamaica is really an outlier, said Devon Matthews with Rainbow Railroad, a Canadian group that helps members of the LGBTQ community escape violence. The situation has got significantly worse in the last number of years. Rainbow Railroad released a report on Tuesday along with Human Dignity Trust, a UK nonprofit legal organization that found the LGBTQ community in Jamaica faces horrific violence discrimination and persecution and lacks the most basic protections under the law. Since 2019, Rainbow Railroad has seen an increase in calls for help from gay people in Jamaica with 411 violent incidents reported last year. Compared with 377 the previous year, Matthews said in a phone interview, the data doesn't even do justice to the degree of violence that we're seeing. She said it's truly horrifying. In February 2021, the Inter-American Commission on Human Rights found that Jamaica's government was violating a right to privacy, equal protection, humane treatment, and freedom of movement involving two members of the island's LGBTQ community who were forced to flee Jamaica. One defendant, Gareth Henry, is a gay man who was beaten several times by Jamaican police in front of angry crowds and now lives as a refugee in Canada along with his mother, sister, and other relatives. The other defendant, Simone Edwards, a, a lesbian woman, obtained asylum in the Netherlands after she was shot twice in anti-gay violence. This is according to Human Dignity Trust. Activists also note that gay Jamaicans struggle to access jobs, medical care, education, and housing. Similar discrimination was reported in other Caribbean islands that have since repealed same-sex laws, with Barbados doing so in December, following in the steps of Antigua and Barbuda and St. Kitts and Nevis. But such laws remain on the books in five other countries in the Americas, Jamaica, Guyana, Grenada, Dominica, St. Vincent, and the Grenadines. <laughs> I find it kind of hypocritical, if you ask me very hypocritical and my reason for saying so there are men there are many gay people in Jamaica 
many bisexual people in Jamaica. As a matter of fact, this is the hypocrisy that I find. And I'm going to hone in on the dancehall culture, which, which is one of the leading opponents of the LGBTQ community. I said it right, LGBTQ community. Them like to talk about them once a girl upon girl. So what is that? Them, them like the idea of girl upon girl. What is that? So it's okay for one thing, but it's not okay for another thing. We don't need to stop the hypocrisy, Jamaica. Jamaicans. And there are many gays in Jamaica. Many. And more and more of them are coming out. And they are tolerated. They are accepted. And I'm not going to call their names, but if you go on social media, you'll see quite a few of them. Some of them have not come out and said they are, but you can tell. And they walk around and nobody's harming them in Jamaica. I can tell you. Thank that. you, Kelisha. Thank you. So why are they not then repealing this law? I say repeal it. They can repeal it. They can repeal it, but it won't because again, no, no one government governing party wants to be responsible for that. Because as disgusting as Jamaica and Jamaicans are, Jamaica is still a deeply conservative country, Christian conservative country. Hypocritical? Yes. But if you look at some of the American rules, Jamaica is one of those countries that deeply would swing to the Republican side in many of the views that it, that it holds. But in the same breath, I think that these bodies also have their own agendas. A lot of these people who, and I'm not dismissing or downplaying other people's experiences because I don't live it. But as somebody who's in Jamaica, underground, outside, who have gay friends, who whatever, trust me, these gay people are moving around comfortably. Ain't nobody bothering these people. No, there are stories. I know there was a set in New Kingston who would get attacked all the time. Now the reality is I had encounters with them because they used to sleep under the bridge at my place, my complex, and jump the fence and the teeth. Mm -hmm. I know where you're talking. <laughs> yeah. When they were being attacked, they were not being attacked because they were gay. They were being attacked because they were criminals. Mm -hmm. They were people. They were fighting people on the road. They were out there talking. They'll say men pass and, and they make tell the man what they wanted to them. And you're just like, you're, you're, you're a criminal hiding behind this highly controversial title that you have. Because mm -hmm. beat you because you're gay. They might beat you because you're a thief. They might beat you in self-defense. You know what I mean? Right. And a lot of these people leave Jamaica. And that's their only card because they get to the people in country illegal. Oh my God! If I go back to Jamaica, they're going to kill me because I'm gay. Man, no, no, no nothing don't go like what? They tell you that a lot of these um in even in the inner city communities, a lot of the people I mean they're gay. Yeah, and nobody cannot touch them. Mm. People, people, and 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 and, and moments. The reality is, there are going to be some communities that if you're gay, you know, you're just not going now. Nah. If you're not from the community. You know mm -hmm, what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's the same as a black person. If I come to America and I see a state or some, I'm not going to go to certain parts of Texas and be like, you know what? Let me go for a walk. Right. My black ass might end up getting lynched. 
you just don't fit in there and you know where you fit in because everybody will not accept certain things i'm not saying it is okay but what i'm saying is the way they paint jamaica it is not fair because i am out here i am telling you that these people are going about their lives and interact with people every day nobody don't business mm -hmm. with them the problem come about is when you start crossing certain lines and certain boundaries mm -hmm. And you see a man over there and you feel like, say, you must with your gay self, you know, clearly the man is not gay and you're gone. Then clearly I get your face punching and who can say anything about it? Right. You know what I mean? It's still a touchy topic, but I don't like how they paint Jamaica. It's not, it really not I'm the way. I'm telling the truth. The, the, law, the laws are on the books. The laws have not been used in forever. The truth is, the police now come and nobody had come looking in your house if you have a sex with a man or a woman have sex with a woman. No. <laughs> and if you're caught outside having sex, you're going to be charged for public indecency, not because you're gay. Exactly. Because I will get charged if I'm caught out there with my man having sex. I'm not charged because I'm heterosexual. I'm being charged because you are breaching this law where you're exposing people to things that they don't need to see. But I promise you, if they charge two gay men, the conversation is going to be you're charging them because they're gay, right. not because of the law. Mm -hmm. It's not true. I promise it's not true. Nobody in Jamaica don't business. The, let me not say nobody. The large percentage of Jamaica, we don't care. My generation, for sure, probably my mother's generation, probably have a little bit of hiccup still mm -hmm. about it. Whatever about my generation. Don't care. We're trying to survive. We don't care. We business completely with people. You know what? From my mind, it's more logic for us. Mm -hmm. If these two people are in love, let them live. Them not bad I know. Left them alone. Do I believe the law should be repealed? Yes. But not because of the act itself. I think it should be repealed because if a man and a man decide to get married or they have a civil union and one party dies the same rights afforded to a, a couple in a heterosexual relationship is not afforded to them right because you can't be labeled as a spouse if it is illegal on the books so you won't get the health insurance you won't get the, the pension you won't get the benefits as the rights of a spouse and so for that reason i think it should be repealed because if we're in a relationship and you're saying you're alone means to live on love then i should get all the benefits that come with that from my partner i should be able to go to the hospital if my partner is sick and make certain decisions i should have that freedom but outside of that nobody don't care it's not fair yeah for them to make us so it really not right with our business <laughs> the generation after me worse them worse because they are done with anything mm -hmm. they're rebellious and they want to do everything upon the books everything it's not true it's not it's really not true and i i, I get so annoyed when it, every time i read these news and you're just like what the hell is wrong with y'all mm -hmm. here <laughs> i agree with you kelisha thank you i totally agree we're talking about anti-sodomy laws from 1864 colonizers left those laws with us and look at what england is doing <laughs> right Activists say having them remain on the books encourages homophobia and violent acts. No, it doesn't. Most of the people, most of the people who are homophobic in Jamaica have never read the Bulgari law. <laughs> if you ask them where to find it, they would not know. They have never read the Constitution. Most of the homophobic people don't even know their basic human rights. Mm -mm 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 -mm. 
So it's it being on the book has nothing to do with it because they can repeal it tomorrow. But in a, my house, I tell my son, say it wrong. He never read the law, but I teach him that. Right. So what they need to focus on is more acceptance. Generally, the law has nothing to do with it. Jamaica is a country with a lot of laws that don't even get applied across the board. The laws are dead. They're just there. So, but in that case, though, Kelisha, if the laws are not being applied and forced, and as you say, they're dead, stagnant, why aren't they reviewing these laws and removing them if they're no longer applicable or valid in today's and, oh, society? No, we're having a serious conversation. That is a problem that Jamaica has across the board with laws that are, are archaic. They don't make sense into the society. If somebody get caught with a little spliff weed, you, you get locked up, you get a record, but you pay $100 when you go court. $100 Jamaican dollars. That doesn't make no sense. $100 US. I'm telling you, that's what it is. And you're just like, okay, so I'm going to come and I'm going to pay the $100, but I have a criminal record. Are you dumb? Are they going to increase the law to, 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 to make it preventative? Like the new traffic law that they bring up, make it preventative so it's the cost, the fine scares me, so I don't do it. Or you take it off because you can't have me get a criminal record where it affect my life for years to come for $100. When I hear people have discussions about Jamaica, you know, about oh, creating new laws, I keep telling people Jamaica doesn't need new laws. Jamaica needs to enforce its current laws. There is a law on the book for everything in Jamaica. The man peeing on the wall out on the road, there is a law for that. But the police will stand up right side them and watching people there, and the police will go right side them and go do it too. Yep. It's mm. enforcement, not a lack of laws. They are here. May I tell you, for everything, there is a law somewhere, some old book somewhere, but it, <laughs> it, it, it exists. I'm telling you. <sighs> Thank you, Kalisha. Let me jump to the chat. Dre said they are not smart. Leave the law on the books. No one is bothering them and they can benefit from asylum. I see what you're saying, Dre. Them no one go back to Jamaica, them go and go to another country and use that to their advantage. But if they're going to do that, stop the lies. Stop painting Jamaica as this bad place in terms of how people receive and interact with gays and members of the lgbtq community and here's why i'm saying this um when you tell somebody you're you're speaking with someone and you tell them you're jamaican and the person you're talking to is a member of the lgbtq plus community and they say oh you have an accent where are you from you said jamaica Right away, they become very defensive and they pull away from you because of the stigma. Let it go. We need to let it go. And you know the funny thing? I said this um, some weeks or months ago that those people, those of us who are so homophobic, usually end up with a child who is a member of the community and you can't do nothing about it. And as Kalisha pointed out, the generation coming behind us, zero chill. They don't care. They just see people as people. Them not care if you're a man, woman, what you want, do them no business. 
they are more accepting of people than we are and our parents and grandparents. We could stand to learn something from them. What I don't agree with is you forcing something down my throat or if you know what I am and then you're trying to switch me over. No, I don't agree with that, but I definitely endorse 100% people being able to live in their truth. And yes, stop painting Jamaica in a bad light because they're quite all right down there. Next up, government tables bill for 50-year mandatory minimum for capital murder. Story courtesy of Nationwide Radio JM. The government on Tuesday tabled a bill in the House of Representatives which mandates a minimum of 50 years in prison for persons convicted of capital murder. Justice Minister Delroy Chuck piloted the bill which seeks to amend the offenses against the Person Act. Minister Chuck says the government is also seeking to increase the length of time a murder convict must spend behind bars before being eligible for parole. Tourism Minister eyeing stronger Jamaica-Dominican Republic relations, also courtesy of Nationwide Radio. Minister of Tourism Edmund Bartlett is encouraging what he calls a spirit of competition between the Dominican Republic and Jamaica. Minister Bartlett says several points of collaboration between the two countries are already in the works. He was speaking at the launch of the first ever staging of Dominican in Jamaica Week at the AC Hotel in Kingston. He says there are projects to be pursued jointly by the countries in Westmoreland and St. Thomas. Minister Bartlett says more needs to be done to improve air connectivity between the countries. Next up, Prime Minister not exonerated despite IC ruling Advocates Network. Also courtesy of Nationwide Radio, Lobby Group Advocates Network says contrary to the narrative being pushed in some quarters, the decision by the Director of Corruption Prosecutions at the Integrity Commission to not pursue charges against Prime Minister Andrew Holness does not amount to an exoneration. The Advocates Network believes that the investigation report, which found that there were potential conflict of interest breaches by the Prime Minister regarding his recommendation of a close business associate to be awarded government contracts, is indeed accurate. It says parliamentarians should not be intervening in the selection of service providers for the award of government contracts. It's against the, that background that the advocacy group is calling for the scrapping of the Constituency Development Fund, CDF. All right, then. So they're not letting up. They're going to keep pushing. We'll see what comes out of it. Police are investigating the murder of a father and son in St. Catherine. Story courtesy of Nationwide Radio. The St. Catherine police are probing the double murder of a father and son on Monday. 59-year-old Michael Slew and his son Michael Slew Jr. were found shot to death in bushes in Luidas Vale in the parish on Monday afternoon. Head of the Constabulary Communications Unit, Senior Superintendent Stephanie Lindsay, says the two were reported missing by their relatives after they failed to return home on Sunday. The bodies were discovered with gunshot wounds. Next up, job scam. Hundreds left unhappy after unemployment fair turns out to be fake. Story courtesy of Jamaica Observer. 
Hundreds of job seekers who turned up at the Girls' Guide headquarters on Waterloo Road, St. Andrew on Tuesday were left disappointed after being told that no job fair was being hosted on the premises. Some of the people who spoke with the Jamaica Observer on request of anonymity shared that they were notified about the event through several flyers that were circulated on social media platforms. A flyer obtained by the Jamaica Observer labeled Canadian Job Fair indicated that registration would take place in the Girl Guide Auditorium from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. at a cost of $2,500. But a car auction was being held at the headquarters. The man who was operating that function said he was confused about people turning up for a job fair. He said that he had the place booked for an auction from 8.30 a.m. until 5 p.m. And when he first went and saw the crowd, he was alarmed. As a matter of fact, he said he got a call that there was a clash there. But when he called operators at the Girls' Guide headquarters, they knew nothing about the job fair and said the auction is still on the books. By about 9 a.m., there were small groups of job seekers seen with their documents in hand, seemingly anticipating that the job fair would still be held. Some people were also arriving on the scene at the time. Question. Did they... Hold on. One person said they had a flyer that the job fair is to go to Canada. Huh. But let me ask a question. Um, that $2,500, did they, is that something they had to pay online before going there? I hope not. I hope nobody paid $2,500. Also, is it the norm to pay for a job fair? I'm looking at the flyer. The flyer says Canada job fair. We are hiring requirements. We need farm workers, housekeepers, front desk, nurse aides, security, dishwashers, many more. Registration time, February 21, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Girl Guide, um, Girls Guide Auditorium. Registration fee, $2,500. Requirements, copy of your passport, copy of resume, copy of a written bio, copy of a job letter if applicable. And of course, the um, embassy, the Canadian High Commission Kingston, um, said that there was no job fair and they're not aware of any. Hmm. One person is saying it's their aunt in Canada who sent them the flyer. I'm just looking through to see if people had to pay online. I'm sorry, folks. And I hope not. But why would someone do that? knowing that people are desperate and people are going to want to take advantage of opportunities such as these or such as this rather okay well it is not over for vibes cartel after privy council denial story courtesy of jamaica.loopnews.com dance hall star adija vibes cartel palmer has seemingly had a setback in his long-running legal battle to appeal his murder conviction before the UK Privy Council. Following a refusal of permission to appeal additional grounds advanced by his legal team. This refusal, which was handed down on February 15, 2023, relates to applications to bring fresh evidence to support his murder appeal. 
His co-convicts, Sean Campbell, alias Shaw Storm, and Kahira Jones and Andre St. John, were similarly refused. In providing clarity on Nationwide News on Tuesday, Director of Public Prosecutions Paula Llewellyn said Palmer's main appeal still stands and remains outstanding. Palmer is also appealing his conviction and sentence for the 2011 slaying of his associate, Clive Lizard-Williams. When contacted on Tuesday, Vibes Cartel's attorney, Isat Buchanan, was tight-lipped. The matter is sub judice, Buchanan said. In law, sub judice, which is Latin for under a judge, means that a particular case or matter is under trial or being considered by a judge or court. The Privy Council said in its ruling that having considered an application for permission to appeal from the judgment of the Court of Appeal of Jamaica on April 3, 2020, and having considered written submissions from the appellants and the respondents, they have agreed that one permission to appeal be reused in the application dated November 2020, permission to appeal the additional grounds advanced on behalf of Mr. Palmer be refused and also refused on the application for an extension of time and application to rely on fresh evidence. The grounds do not support the submission that a serious miscarriage of justice has occurred in this case. Llewellyn said on Nationwide that as far as we can understand it, the main appeal which will see the actual litigation that is still outstanding, in this aspect of the matter, they have been refused permission to call fresh evidence. She recounted that cyber experts from Palmer's team came to Jamaica to examine the phone at the center of everything. That was done, and they got their reports. They appealed to the Privy Council in respect of wanting permission to call their experts to give evidence in respect of what they had found. And there were other attendant applications that were also being made as it relates to that. What has come down from the Privy Council is a refusal to give that order for fresh evidence in order for them to call their expert and any other attendant witnesses to do with the expert's evidence and also refusal in terms of that aspect of the appeal. Convicted in 2014, Cartel has been in custody since September 2011. The Jamaican Court of Appeal in April 2020 had ordered that Cartel must serve at least 32 years and 6 months instead of the 35 years minimum parole period he was sentenced to serve Excuse me, for the murder of Williams. Campbell and Jones were ordered to serve 22 years and 6 months while St. John will serve 27 years and six months. So my question is, why is it that they don't want to look at this new evidence? What is the issue? Is it possible that this new evidence could um, free him? And they don't want that? I'm just trying to understand how does that work. He's been in custody since September 2011. This has been an ongoing issue. His team have fresh evidence centered around this phone. Shouldn't it be something that is considered? I don't know. Um, well, I'm going to say this really quick. <laughs> uh, 
it's a wise cartel thing. Real and truly, this it not have nothing to do with lizard. You get what I say? Some bigger, more and powerful people they behind vibes cartel thing. And if name you get caught up with um uh not to my own if my own if well Jamaican people know about it still so probably can but uh, you know I'm making this team and I have a card in, in name but uh, for who know no some big and powerful people they behind cartel thing and them don't want him come out them don't want him come out so uh, yeah I I I, I, I you for them news that you can continue here. You know what I mean? The fact that them don't even have a body <laughs> is them for put upon them. Them not got strong evidence. Nothing. People, um, the man phone get tampered with. Police have to bring him over phone and him something and I use him phone. And uh, you mean for tell me say all of these things and case I get dashed away. Him still in a prison from how long? Some serious big people they behind five cartel thing. Politicians. The behind vibes cartel thing, because one of the person was a was a politician. He's no longer around. Him passed away. So, some heavy people the behind vibes cartel thing, and they want to keep him in. Yeah, they don't want him to come out. Okay. All right. Thank you, Afo. So, are we saying then that the Jamaica? Government can influence the thoughts of the Privy Council in the UK. Is that what we're, what we're alluding to? That's one of the reasons why, let's be fair here, <laughs> one of the arguments some people make for Jamaica keeping the Privy Council at its highest court is that you can't trust the local um, judges. Right. It's also one of the arguments made for not using the CCJ in the Caribbean because you can't trust them because they're neighbors. The Jamaican government <laughs> or the I have no link to the UK Privy Council and the Privy Council don't even they're not that caught up it's just a matter that come on your desk so I think the, what a lot of people fail to appreciate is that when you appeal a matter the, the appellant court doesn't look at the facts per se yeah. they don't want to see the evidence you can appeal on points of law only and when they assess it they're literally black and white the law says this did this happen? And they're saying that there was a miscarriage of justice and based on the law, the court, the Privy Council looked at it and said, we didn't think that on this point, a miscarriage of justice happened. And so we're not going to allow this expert to come in because we don't see it being an issue. But his, his matter is still there. And, and, and the truth is, I'm indifferent to Vibes Cartel. I liked Black Cartel only because... <laughs> I think one of the greatest with words that Jamaica has ever seen, in my opinion. Uh-huh. I think Cartel is a waste of talent. He had the ability to be so much more than what he became, and he chose a path. And I like to listen to his fans speak, because one thing um, Cartel fans like to do is pretend like he was a saint. The man is a known gang leader. He's known to be affiliated to the Klansman gang. He sings about them. He sings about known murderers, known criminals in Jamaica. So let's not pretend he's a saint. And I'm not saying, I don't know if this man killed Lizard or not. 
none of us know that his peers, the juror, the jury, his peers found him guilty based on the evidence that was presented. He had his defense team, probably. He should have appealed on the premise that he never got good representation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Probably should have done. But let's not pretend this man is a saint because he is not. There is a matter where the man got shot up in Ligani and the police said that he came out of the jail cell vibes cartel put out that hit from in there but we're going to continue to pretend like this man is this child of god who's kneeling at god's feet he's not he's not and people constantly talk about i like to listen oh my god there was nobody you don't necessarily need a body to convict someone there's circumstantial evidence it has happened in america too it has happened in england too if it's staring you in the face you don't necessarily need a body because if that is the case Nobody would probably ever be found guilty because he get rid of the body. He did the best he could, but the evidence in the phone, I don't think it's the evidence in the conversation in the phone that matter. What happened was there was a break in the chain of command of who held the phone. Oh. So it's not that, oh, they sent these messages and pretending it was cartel. That I don't think that was ever in question. It's a matter of there's a chain of command, which is how we're supposed to protect it. And because it was broken, his team is claiming that it may have been tampered with. The prosecution is saying, but he might very well have not been. Uh-huh. And they now want to bring an expert to come say, oh, let me show you that it was tampered with. And the court is saying that, ah, I mean, I think that's a strong enough reason. Because even if we find he can appeal, he was charged with multiple offenses. There is a, a set of evidence on just the phone and get convicted on. And there are instances when you can appeal on a point... And you lose the appeal there on the court. You say, but you're still going to stay in jail because you were found guilty on one, two, three. One not being here doesn't negate the other two. They by themselves are strong enough to keep you here. So I just said that to say it's, it's a very touchy topic right. for because he has a large fan base. But this man is not a saint and his team knows what they're doing and the prosecutors know what they're doing. And give it some more time to flesh out all right you know we say um, whatever all right thank you so much um can i say this really quick yeah yeah so no one interesting so rasta pick of a cartel because you see their own cartel friends of mine used to their own cartel so it was like a linking thing everybody a link you see me so and everybody knows a cartel is not a saint there are some things were going on where him named upon it, him deal with it, him put out the hit. So we know, and I, I, I hear that now. Say all of them something that even come out when the whole arrest. So all the bad things come out. So I can't say it. Now nah, pick up a card as them and see and whatever it is. That man know for a fact. Because as I say, we use their own cartel. And friends use their own cartel and all them something. Yes, I mean. But there are some other information where we know and people who close, very close, who they're in the circle, know where go on, say, yo, a fool, some foolishness take place with the whole case there. That we can all right say. And oh, okay. for who they run him, no, no. Say some foolishness take place with a case there. And politicians, they're behind it. We know that. All so, right. but apart from that, yeah, we're not a cartel of You get me? We're not a pick up him. 
He's a man like this. For me, do the crime, you do the I for him are you do the crime, yo, you do the time. You see me? But when on a you and somebody try to plan some something for you and for make it look like a you and things I get tampered with and yo, fear is fear. You got the man if I that you come with. But after my black yeah, yes, got you. You know for if you know it's I'm assuming you know for a fact that he this is being planted on. You should probably go take a stand. You don't want an innocent man to stay in jail. You know, I get it. It's been another type of world, you know, I get it. But okay. so, and everybody of them want opinion. But if you know, like, into certain, you know, I get it. If they're on certain, you know, I get it. So, the statement we just make, others will know, yeah, they might say the same thing as well. So, so why are you going to take a stand? You know what I mean? But you're not going to get it. We'll just leave it at that. I just want them kiss there. We'll leave it at that. Thank you. Ramich Entertainment says Jamaica could learn from Trinidad's carnival. Jamaican producer, music producer, and businessman Ramich Major is calling for proper investment to be made in the local dance hall industry after highlighting how different stakeholders have come together for Trinidad's carnival. Story courtesy of tt.loopnews.com. He held the Twin Island Republic's Carnival as crazy, fun, and amazing. The Ramich Entertainment and Ramich Ware Boss said it is not about comparing both countries, but rather about sharing knowledge. Ramich was among stars, including rapper Nicki Minaj and former West Indies cricketer Chris Gale, who were in Trinidad and Tobago for its excuse me, for its carnival, which came to a climax on Monday and Tuesday. Trinidad hashtag carnival. All I can say, it's crazy, it's fun. That's what Ramich wrote in a post on Instagram on Monday. But he also went on to add, it's amazing. But most of all, everyone comes together, especially all artists, promoters, and in my view, even the government. And trust me, this help and benefit the country so much, the businessman said, adding, sometimes it's not about comparing, but sharing knowledge. There have been long-held views that dance hall lacks proper investments and support from the government, especially at a time when many in the space have expressed that the genre needs urgent revitalizing. This is in light of the fast rise of other genres of music globally, including Afrobeat. Locally, government officials have long criticized the lyrics being used by some dancehall acts that purportedly contribute to violence and other social ills. Others in the industry have pointed to the disunity among artists and producers as a hindrance to the genre's further success, as well as the so-called American-styled beats being used in some songs. According to Ramich, we have a product called dance hall that is so powerful we the country of jamaica just not utilizing it the right way and we need more proper investment from the persons who can he pointed out for example that in trinidad there are scores of parties in three weeks non-stop with no fear of the events coming to a premature end due to the authorities pulling the plug continuing he said such events have non-stop security for the people with beautiful setups for these entertainment activities. He is amazed and he will be going again in 2024, he said. 
The hashtag Caribbean is one of the most amazing places to live. So all we need to do is make use of our cultures and spread the beauty of our countries. He also called on his followers to stop making media and news show the negativity only. We as a people have way more power than them. So show the beauty of each of your countries. Amassing more than 300 comments, many of his followers agreed with his observations on what Jamaica could learn from the staging of Carnival in Trinidad. Yes, 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 yes. There's a lot we can learn and a lot we can do. And one of the things I think we need to get rid of, and I don't want to say it's a cultural thing, although it could come across that way, we need to get rid of this quote-unquote bad vine trait. Instead of going against each other, work together. So let us say you wanted to have an event similar to, well, you have um, reggae sumfest or whatever. But let us say you wanted to have a week long where the country just, almost shut down and it's just that it can work and everybody can eat and everybody can make money and everybody can have a good time and everybody can be safe but this bad mind thing is what is killing us in jamaica we know one see another person the better than us and i'm sad to have to say but it's the truth we're all okay as long as we're all suffering together but the minute one person steps up and steps out, them is a problem. No, sir. We have to see how we can get rid of him. Why are we doing that? There's so much more that can be done when we come together than when we go apart. Strength in numbers, folks. Strength in numbers. The next thing I'm going to call for is can we try and clean up the music a little bit, just a little bit? Have a clean version to go along with the explicit version, please. That, I don't think that's too hard. But they usually have it though, moments. Kalisha, let me tell us something. Now is a struggle to find a clean version. Oh, okay. You have to have DJs, for example, like DJ Teflon or DJ Naturalist, who will sit down and edit the songs they're not coming uh -oh. out of the studios edited i know that spice does it because um she has a wide market exactly so has... right mm -hmm. so if they think like that and say okay i'm gonna have it takes time i get it but have two different um things one explicit and one fit for airplay that's all i tell you to do in one explicit and one specific airplay you know um i think that boy i i agree with ramesh in some in, in in the sense of if jamaica could just tap into um its culture but you see in jamaica both dancehall and reggae are viewed as a different like it's viewed as a, something where you like it's not a jamaica thing it's not a togetherness thing right i had the privilege and i call it the privilege of being in trinidad for the first week of carnival i came back on the third of february 
it's my first time going to Trinidad. And I promise on my life that it cannot miss me again next year and the year after that. <laughs> I'm honest with you, moments. Like, as a Jamaican, and you always hear about this Jamaican rivalry between Trinidad and Jamaica. I went there for myself, and I'm telling you, there is no rivalry because there is no comparison. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Small island, over there, very proud people. They have their own culture, and they love it. And it's, it's like... The two of us will have to exist because it's two totally different spaces. But when you're over there, and I remember I left before the actual mass went on. I just did a few other effects. When I went over there, for them, it's not so crazy, it's not a thing. It literally, like, runs through their veins. Yep. Extends. They live it. They breathe it. And even in my first week, you could have seen where the country was getting together to shut down to everybody celebrating this thing. In Jamaica, it's going to be, oh, you're a dancer, so you're, you're not proper, you get to. And you are reggae, and that means you're a rasta, and all of the stereotypes will get attached to that. Mm-hmm. And any of that, because I am proper, and I live over here, there's always a classism and a separation. Sure, some of it may exist, but in Trinidad, my experience, it was a collective nation experience where everybody live it everybody was breathing it and if jamaica could get their own regular we have this type of festival i'm mean, gonna just this some fest in let's say we as i mean the americans will probably bite their heads off they hear us talk about black history month <laughs> <laughs> if it's also our music something their month and in light of bob marley's birthday if we use february as a time to we have a lot of festivals around the place and it's free and Jamaicans get to go and tourists come in and you incorporate the same marijuana because it's not illegal anymore and, and, and you open up industries. But it separate, the separation in Jamaica won't allow it, in my opinion. Everybody has to prove that they are different and they are better. <laughs> As a character, I don't take part in that because that's not proper. Everybody distanced themselves. But I, I had the privilege of experiencing Trinidad, and I have never experienced anything like that in my life. I'm telling you, never, ever. And you're not the first person See? to mm-hmm. say that, Kalisha. You're not the first. I'm not the first because here I am. I told y'all, I'm married to the Trinidadian. I've been to Trinidad several times. And I, if somebody said right now, move and leave the U.S., Trinidad is, is on the top of the list. Ah! And unfortunately, it is not Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> Moments came back from Trinidad, you know, it. I was just like, Wait, okay, how may I go tell my friend them? Because as a Jamaica, no, meaning for me when I came back, and you know, Jamaicans have this rivalry with the Trinis, right? I don't know why. Which is unfortunate. I, when I went Unfortunately, there, I have to say, there are some Trinidadians who do want to hold on to that rivalry. Yeah. Unfortunately, there are still some who do. When I came back, I said to myself, so I'm going to make my friend them know, say, I love Trinidad. And actually, I got You just like that. Oh, yeah, I love Trinidad. I, that sounds like plain English to me, Kalisha, and you have a great command of the language, but I'm not I'm, I'm over here thinking, oh, I'm going to tell them, say, I'm Jamaican food is not really it. <laughs> oh, Kalisha, um, don't rock the boat because I have been ostracized saying, my boyfriend, yeah, because me is not a real Jamaican. All because I'm willing to embrace other cultures and I'm brave enough to say, but this tastes better. Who tell oh me if I got so? Lord have mercy. How do I tell these people that, um, uh, in a flavor, Jamaica kind of there, right there with them, but based on the variety, the diversity, 
in the food in Trinidad, there is no comparison. Like Jamaica, you're going to get your Akian Savage and your brunch and your curry and the food seasoned by the ancestors put them all foot in it. Right. But when you go to Trinidad, you'll get every single kind of food you can possibly get and the burst of flavors. And I'm just like, oh, may I go tell them this? <laughs> Kalisha, if you look, in the, look in the chat right now. I put, a, I put a person who is a Jamaican woman living in mm-hmm. Trinidad. Her main thing is about books. She loves to read and so she recommends mm-hmm. books all the time. But she also does fun things there and all through the Caribbean. So if you check her out, she had she actually went to kind of a Monday and Tuesday, and so you'll see her reels what she did, and she was having a blast. Trinidad is not—I mean, sorry, not Trinidad. Carnival is not for me. I'm not dressing. I'm not dancing. I'm not in the road. I don't want that. I do. It's not for me. Yeah, it's not just, for me at all. And I know me, care. but I don't. But I do not begrudge anyone else who wants to live that life and have have the blast. Yeah. But it's not my it's not my stream, and I'm not staying in my lane. Right. But um. I, I, I absolutely recommend you looking at her and maybe following her and see if you get tips on things. Because she had a, a great little trip where she took around. She went to Toko with her girlfriend. And girlfriend meaning female friend, let me be clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and show around the um, the country. But it's it's really, really she's wonderful. And she shares a lot of information. And it's no like, it's not I hate Jamaica. It's she lives in Trinidad now. And, and she speaks of her experience there. And yeah. that's speaking. Beautiful. Thank you, Sonette. But here's the thing. Um, I think some of us in here do have family in Trinidad. Of course, Rosolo. Her dad is from Trinidad. I have relatives on my dad's side, his mom's side, that moved to Trinidad. Both on his mom's side and his dad's side. Wow. They moved to Trinidad and they will never leave Trinidad. They've lived there. I've never been. My parents have been in there like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful there. And it's just a different vibe. But yeah. I am I'm, I'm hoping God willing knock on wood grant me health strength that I'll be there next year as a matter of fact what I want to do is carnival hopping that's what I want to do you know it's the vibe it's just the vibe it's just the vibe I went there and I was in the, the middle of the fete and I literally just stood there like this cannot be real and then I have to remind myself that it's a culture difference because in in the dance hall culture you go there to show off what you're wearing yes in Trinidad you wear anything and you go there to party yeah. You it don't dress it, up. No, I said to my friend the other day, I have never, and I have been a few places around this world. And let me tell you this, I have never seen people can party like these people. The party starts at six moments. They are there from 5.30. The party at one, they leave at 2.30. Not like Jamaicans where the party no. starts at 10 and nobody not show up till 2 o'clock in the morning. No. Early and they leave late. And I was saying to my friend who is training when I went there, and I said to her, but it's funny. Because the time in Trinidad appears to move slower to me. I don't know if you found that sonnet, but I found that the time there just moves slower. And then somebody said to me something about being close to the equator. I said, I understand the science behind it. But clearly the gods are working with these party people. <laughs> oh, boy. The book I just put that to the chat as well. I know we want to move on, Roman. Sorry. No, no, no. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. But there's a book also added to the, to the chat. It's called Black American Refugee. And it was recommended by this man from um, uh, St. Thomas, but he's an American now. I mean, he's been here for a while. Anyway, we were chatting and he was telling me about this book and I'm like, it's really, okay, uh, fine, I'll read it. And I read it and it was great. It's about a woman whose parents, she's Trinidadian, she immigrated to the US and, um, and then she was not so happy here. So she moved, she ended up moving back to Trinidad. And it, sh- it talks about that, how she would dress up for a party in New York City 
And then when she went to, to Trinidad, ready, all dressed up already. And people were like, wait, where are you going? Why are you so dressed up? We're just going to a fest. So like, it's, it's, it's great. And Kanishi just reminded me of that story. So if you get a chance, it's great. It's, you can read it audible or you can um, get the page and turn, whatever you prefer. I love audible. But um, the, I, I really do enjoy the country. And you went to a party, you went as a tourist. Did you go with friends who have family there? If you do that, yeah. it's then yet another experience. Yeah, that's what just I did. the way people are perfect. You, so you got to enjoy that in someone's yeah. home and how we how they cook and have meals and the whole it's not this is okay please again this is not a jamaica hate speech i just want to, I just want to make that very very clear but no I it's not that place all right i'm done speaking you know the beauty about it sonette is that you you are able to embrace and be honest about an experience and i think that's what many of us are lacking we're so yeah. clandestine in our approach to life they that, don't believe things can be true at the exactly same time. that it boxes us in for example you have jamaicans who will refuse to eat anything but jamaican food and i laugh at them and i say you know that most of what you eat is not truly jamaican right it's a belting part of other cultures there's the indian the british the the um spanish the african you're you're acting as though jamaican it was just born in jamaica no it's a mixture of cultures that makes up our food and how it's prepared. And if you go throughout the Caribbean, there are similarities. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to stop this closed off mentality. It makes us come across as being ignorant. Jan Ver, as Jamaica, I like to pretend that we are the best thing to ever happen to the Caribbean. <laughs> and <they're... laughs> are we? Oh, no, just I'm very honest. <laughs> Go ahead, Donald. I was going to get to you because I saw your comment. So while while um, Sonette and Kalisha were talking, because we still have a few more minutes um, before the top of the hour. While Kalisha and Sonette were talking, I pulled up 55 things to do in Grenada for an unforgettable vacation, right? <laughs> yeah, no, what I, I want to say is unfortunate that we still... Um, carry this sort of insularity to say oh Jamaica is better, Trinidad, Grenada is better. From my experience being to a few Caribbean countries is that wherever you go there are cultural similarities and there are subtle differences in the way you do things and what I have learned to do is embrace things. Say okay this is how it is done in Jamaica, this is how it's done in Trinidad, this is how it's done in Grenada, this is how the St. Lucians do it. And what you find happening, you have a, as you say a melting pot of experiences where you can choose from. And there are some things that are better in one island than another. But if you put it all together, the experience itself is a greater um, experience for you. So I think the, the, may, the more we move away from these kind of who is better, who is worse and stuff, and we embrace each other, see who does things better and make necessary adjustments, I think it will benefit us all. Because on the ground, when you go to any country and you interact with the people in that country, especially if you're visiting and has a friend or family or somebody to take you around, you realize there ain't much difference. There we might do things slightly differently, but there ain't much difference. So we have to get away from that and embrace each other and make the Caribbean a better experience for everyone, man. Yeah, yeah. 
So um, thank you so much, Donald, Sunette, and Kalisha, because this is so important. Now, I'm going to challenge you, DJ Teflon. You're going to have to come to the Caribbean and do a Caribbean version of Teflon Travels and go from island to island to island. Because um, for those of you who have not checked out his YouTube page, check it out. He goes off the beaten track so to speak within the cities um he he did um italy he did um spain and he did his hometown london and i liked it i felt as though i was eating the food and right now my mouth is starting to water again i need to cut it out but it is so important for us to get off the beaten track go ahead tev yeah i'm going i'm going to trinidad in may i'm going to be doing yeah i'm going to be doing two weeks in trinidad so yeah, I'm going to do everything. I'm literally going to visit everywhere. Wow. Looking forward to it, yeah. You make sure you lose enough weight. Take a proper washout before you go. <laughs> <laughs> Take a proper washout and just, you know, plan to go and eat, 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 eat. But let's jump to Grenada for a little bit. Um, Hog Island. Tell me about Hog Island, Donald. If you're able to. Is Donald there? He probably can't speak. But Don, um, Hog Island is a secluded stretch of island, and they say it's simply a place to relax and unwind in Grenada. Um, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this correct, Carnage, K-A-R-E, not K, sorry, C-A-R-E-N-A-G-E. It looks like a, an open-air market, um, a waterfront promenade in St. George, which is the capital. Um, go up Fort Matthew. You can do water sports, experience Fish Friday. So this seems to be a big thing because it's strongly recommended that if you plan to be there, try to be there where you can, on a weekend, where you can leave Friday free to enjoy uh, fish. And the festivities start at 6. You can visit nearby islands, Cariacau and Petite Martinique, Steel Pan Music. I love Steel Pan. I know Sonette does it. Right, Sonette? <laughs> Um, what else is there? You can go to their fish market. They have their go barbecue hopping. All right. And you can, um, experience barbecue pork, chicken, fish, jam, down, jerked chicken. All right. A lot of things. So check it out. We're not leaving out, Donald. We're not leaving out Grenada. Okay, so yeah, we we stand to learn a lot. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Donald. Yeah, Hog Island is like an island. People go out there and they usually do like picnics and stuff. You go for the day, you will go with a boat and you would cook and spend the day, come back and stuff. A lot of tourists use it to charter, and they go there, spend some time. It's just off of the mainland. Um, fish Fridays, that's in Guav, so it's a Guav is like a fishing. Not a like a fishing city, not a village. Okay. It's one of the parishes. Like it's the main. Yeah, it's it's small, so yeah, you could see a fishing village, too. But when you go there, the locals do like the fish fries and the different stuff like that. So fish Fridays become a a, a hit there, where people go eat fish, drink, enjoy themselves and stuff like that. Yeah, but remember you also have like things like the lakes. Granitang Lake looks like a lake on top of a mountain, 1,910 feet. Wow. You have numerous, yeah, so it's a lake on top. It's beautiful. Was that a um, volcano? Yes, okay. it's a crater, crater lake. Okay. And um, of course, you must try the rivers. 
uh, the famous grenade and rum, River Antoine. Make sure you get the overproof. Don't take the one for export that's watered down. You know, you have to get the real rivers. Off the road. <laughs> yeah, you will get it there once you once you're there. And uh, there is a lot there is a lot to try. Uh, people are very friendly and stuff like that. And um, yeah, it's pretty safe, really, really safe. There is hardly an, any homicides and the crime rate is very low and stuff like that. So you don't have to worry about these things. Wow. But it's a good experience. You, you will like it. There's lots of stuff to do, especially if you go around Carnival. Well, if you go around Carnival, you have to play Jab Jab. When is Carnival and time in Grenada? August. August, okay. Yes, yeah, so the first, the second week in August usually. But Jab Jab is not a Carnival event. Jab Jab is a religion in Grenada. Literally, it's a religion. You can't ban it. People play jab all through the whole of Corona. So, trust me, you have to play jab. The experience is out of this world. All right. Okay. So, folks, we are being taught about the different islands, and this is how we embrace each other's cultures. We're all the same, but slightly different. All right. And what we need to do is learn to appreciate the uniqueness within everyone's culture. All right. Not think one better than the other. <laughs> all right. Thank you all so much. Loved that conversation. Going to take a quick music break. It is hashtag WCW. And today's WCW artist is Marcia Griffiths. There she is with the undisputable king of reggae music right now. Beresford Hammond, live on. Would you stop what you were doing? Hurry over and see what's going on. Give a big thank you to everyone listening online, janoradio.com and qmzradio.com. Keep it locked. We have stories out of Latin America and the international scene coming up. All eyes are on you. Be careful what you do. I'm a calling on the youth, cause you are strong. I'm depending on you not to do wrong. Society will make you wanna be. Subjected to their policy, yeah. But if you know better, you've got to do better. 
everyone here with me on clubhouse where the conversation happens thank you for joining me for coffee until world news on the go i know you're the one you're listening to the voice of marcia griffiths she is our hashtag wcw artist for today we celebrate women every wednesday in all my title of this track is My Guiding Star. My last and only desire will be that you should come and be my guiding star. Now don't you play the fool and try to stay Little week, 
Kill the people listening online, Teflon. Automatic. Tell them about when you lie. 
next to me and I'm so glad we've got it Automatic chemistry, love is automatic Again When you're loving me like this and I'm so glad we've got it Marcia. Automatic It's automatic on the natural limit, tell you how I feel I'm gonna keep it real You like the foundation with the cement on the block, me up the steel Baby girl, here's the deal You're sensitive like about the press, not the list Worse when you put on the rope, the one about the list Me love to see your body shiver when me touch you, yes You get me eye, eye, eye like when the coach you bless Cause I promise to be honest with you And I'm like me feel a total warmness And it's oneness, the chemistry is automatic We work it out like a mathematics And I promise to be honest with you And I'm like me feel a total warmness And it's oneness, So glad we got it. Automatic chemistry, love is automatic. When you're loving me like the voice of Marcy Griffiths featuring Business Signal, automatic, keeping it real. Your love is automatic, but I'm giving you the stick shift. And if you don't, me will make your spirit lift. Automatic love, my friend, in your arms, in your arms. In your arms, me love how your dress match the color of your lipstick. It's automatic, cause natural is the mystic. And me welcome you with all of your charms. In my arms, in my arms, baby. Me know you love me, I'm enough. You wonder if I know what I can do. This I love you now, gift. Me give thanks for you because you are the Lord's gift. And even if the clutch went out, the gears can shift, yeah. Real love, something you can't ignore now. Hold back, no fight the feeling. Like a sexual healing, automatic. I love you, can know that love is automatic. When you're lying next to me, and I'm so glad we've got it. We got it. Automatic chemistry, love is automatic. When you're loving me like this, and I'm so glad we've got it. Automatic. Tell them about it. It's time for us to go ahead and get back to business. Thank you, Marcia, and Busy Signal for that one. Appreciate it. Mexico's former public security head is convicted in the U.S. of taking cartel bribes. Story courtesy of NPR.org. Mexico's former public security secretary, Gennaro Garcia Luna, has been found guilty of drug trafficking. He is the highest ranking Mexican official ever to be tried in the United States. Garcia Luna, who headed Mexico's federal police and became the country's top public safety official between 2006 and 2012, has been on trial in a federal district court in Brooklyn, New York. He stood accused of taking millions of dollars in bribes from the very drug cartels he was supposed to be cracking down on. 
He pleaded not guilty, but several drug traffickers gave testimony that Garcia Luna was in fact on the payroll for Mexico's most powerful criminal organization, the Sinaloa Cartel. Sinaloa. Who, remember that show, the series? Um, Queen of the South? Yeah. Anyway, witnesses said that Garcia Luna oversaw police tipping off traffickers about upcoming raids and worked to allow cocaine to pass freely through the country. That's according to the Associated Press. They said he colluded with cartels to raid rivals, among other favors. A former smuggler said Garcia Luna shared a document containing U.S. law enforcement information about a 2007 seized cocaine shipment. He faces a minimum of 10 years in prison and a maximum sentence of life. Garcia Luna was convicted on charges including engaging in a continuing criminal enterprise, cocaine distribution, and cocaine conspiracy. His sentencing is scheduled for June 27th. Oh, we don't know, so he had to do this by force, otherwise his whole family will be wiped out. Sometimes these things happen, and I'm not taking up for him, not defending him in any way, but it's just how it works sometimes. You're dead either way, right? And these people who are... um giving up information sounds like a plea deal to me yeah christian atsu found dead after turkey earthquake we're now on to stories from the international scene story courtesy of nationwide radio jm.com footballer christian atsu has been found dead under the rubble of his home almost two weeks after the turkey and earth the Earth, Turkey earthquake, sorry. The 31-year-old Ghana international had spells with Premier League sides Everton, Chelsea, and Newcastle. Atsu had been missing since the February 6 quake that caused the collapse of his apartment. In the aftermath of the quake, Hatiaspor initially reported Atsu had been rescued with injuries, but a day later that position changed. His agent, Nana, Sesher, uh, and I hope I pronounced that right, who has been in Hatay, confirmed the news on Saturday on Twitter. The Ghana Football Association said Atsu's body was recovered on Saturday morning after almost two weeks of emotional torture. The earthquake and aftershocks in southern Turkey and northern Syria are known to have killed more than 40,000 people. Botswana has seen a huge spike in rhinoceros poaching over the past five years, story courtesy of NPR. Botswana says it lost 138 rhinoceros to poachers over the past five years, compared to only two that were poached from 2012 to 2017. There has been increased demand for the endangered species horn by some East Asians who believe it has medicinal properties. Speaking in Parliament on Monday, Tourism Minister Filda Kareng also blamed international criminal syndicates moving in from neighboring countries. South Africa, the epicenter of rhino poaching in the region, has ramped up patrols in national parks, leading to a reduction in rhinos being killed. Botswana disclosed it had a combined total of just over 300 black and white rhinos at last year's convention, on International Trade and Endangered Species Meeting in Panama. U.S. judge says 9-11 families are not entitled to Afghan bank funds. District judge says victims cannot seize banks' assets 
since the U.S. has not recognized the Taliban as a legitimate government. The story courtesy of Al Jazeera. A United States judge has ruled that family members of victims of the September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks are not entitled to funds from Afghanistan's central bank. In the ruling on Tuesday, U.S. District Judge George Daniels said that awarding the family's money seized from the DA Afghanistan Bank, DAB, would require an assessment that the Taliban is the legitimate government of Afghanistan, a decision he was constitutionally restrained from making. The judgment creditors are entitled to collect on their default judgments and be made whole for the worst terrorist attack in our nation's history. But they cannot do so with the funds of the central bank in Afghanistan, Daniels wrote. The Taliban, not the former Islamic Republic of Afghanistan or the Afghan people, must pay for the Taliban's liability in the 9-11 attacks, he added. In February 2022, the administration of U.S. President Joe Biden issued a controversial executive order stating it would split $7 billion in frozen assets from Afghanistan's central bank between the Afghan people and families of 9-11 victims who sued the Taliban. While the Taliban was not directly involved in the attacks, Lawyers for the families argued it had helped enable al-Qaeda, or al-Qaeda, which mounted the attack by allowing the group to operate in Afghanistan. Bilal, an Afghan-American activist, told Al Jazeera at the time of the order that the Afghan people had nothing to do with 9-11 and called the decision a theft of public funds from an impoverished nation. Tuesday's ruling upholds a decision, a previous decision in August 2022, when U.S. Magistrate Judge Sarah Netburn also recommended that victims of 9-11 could not seize cash from the Afghan Central Bank to satisfy court judgments against the Taliban. Four-day work week trial in the U.K. Shorter hours, happier employees. Findings show companies reported revenue largely stayed the same or even rose over the June to December trial period. Story courtesy of Al Jazeera. A trial of a four-day work week in Britain, billed as the world's largest, found an overwhelming majority of the 61 companies that participated will keep going with the shorter hours, and most employees were less stressed and burned out. That was all while revenue reported by the participating companies largely stayed the same over the June to December trial period and even grew compared with the same six months a year earlier. And that was according to the findings released this week. We really feel encouraged by the results, which showed the many ways companies were turning the four-day week from a dream into a realistic policy with multiple benefits, and that's according to David Frain, who is a research associate at the University of Cambridge. We think there is a lot more that ought to motivate other companies and industries uh, to give it a try. The university's team worked with the researchers from Boston College. Yeah, you know, um, if we stop and think for a moment, for those of us who work in corporate, or used to work in corporate. You'd get there, say, for 8 to 5 or 9 to 6. Can we honestly say that for the 8 hours 
my we're, we're, we're removing the one hour for lunch can we honestly say that for eight hours we worked non-stop there was no downtime at all no time when somebody would come up to your desk and you have a little chit chat probably a 15 minute chit chat or you went to a meeting for the meeting you had yesterday to discuss the meeting you're going to have tomorrow or later on in the afternoon a lot of time i feel is wasted i honestly believe four day work weeks four day work weeks yeah are the way to go you get your work done and it can be done in the eight hours in four days and then you go home you have time you have at least one business day to look about any business or go to any doctor's appointments. Or if you want to take a weekend trip, a weekend getaway, just relax, spend time with your family, whatever. I'm here for it. Can that be a global thing, please? Yes, Javette, meetings take up a lot of time. A lot of what is said in the meetings can could have been disseminated via email. Because you know the funny thing, after you have that meeting, you get an email reminding you about what you discussed in the meeting anyway. And then another email saying what they need to discuss in an upcoming meeting, which could have been done via email. Waste of time. And not only that, you're putting wear and tear on your vehicle. You're losing time where you have to get up sometimes two hours earlier, depending on how far away from your place of employment you work. It's a complete waste of time in my opinion. They are plantations, Dre. They are plantations. They micromanage you. And some people, yes, I understand there are some people who you have to supervise. Yes, you do. Otherwise, they will get nothing done. But let us be reasonable. If you have a group of people who need minimal to zero supervision, let them be. And sometimes when you micromanage people, you are hindering their ability to be creative. I don't know. You know, um, the less you micromanage people and, you know, the more you put the ball in their court to uh, have trust that they're going to do the work, the better they perform. It's so funny because this current company that I'm with, right, I... I only have to go in the office on Mondays, really. And whenever they have like a shoot or whatever, I, I show up. But apart from Mondays, I don't have to go in the office. If I don't feel to go in the office on, on Mondays also, I could join by a Zoom call. But everybody kind of come in on Monday, right? There's always food at the office, always breakfast, always lunch. Like they, they, they take care of us. Now they say that they're going to give us like $70 towards our phone bill. Like they really take care of us. And one thing I like, they have something called unlimited PTO. Hmm. I could take off for two months. Now they did a research on the unlimited PTO, right? Offering unlimited PTO, employees literally take less PTO. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow. Because even me myself, my question like, should I take this much time? This like you don't want to abuse it. Right. So I think the less people shoulder to be strict and and all that stuff, your employees actually perform less stress. I agree. I agree. Thank you. Thank you, Andre.
<laughs> you have one of those bosses too, Javette. Oh boy, yeah, I, I do believe some of the bosses or supervisors or managers, whatever you want to call them, I think some of them are lonely. And some of them feel empowered in the workspace. That's where they have a voice. Um, outside of that, they're nobody. <laughs> so they hold on to that for their life. You have some people who never take a day off like, damn, can't you be sick one day? You don't have anything to do. You don't, you don't want to use your personal time. They will rather trade in their personal time and just keep working, working, working. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But so it is. Um, I'm, I'm here for it. I would love to see this be a global thing. I understand that. But they do it in the medical field. In, in some hospitals, you work three days on, four days off. But you're working longer hours, of course, or you work four days on and three days off. Burnout is real, folks, and people want a life. People want a life. Yeah. All right. So next up. Where am I? I forgot where I am. Okay, four day work. South Korea. We go to South Korea. South Korea court landmark ruling recognizes same sex couples' rights. Story courtesy of Al Jazeera. A South Korean court has delivered a landmark ruling by recognizing the rights of a same-sex couple for the first time, with activists hailing the verdict as a major victory for LGBTQ equality in the country. The ruling in the case on Tuesday, which will now go to the Supreme Court, was brought by a gay couple, So Seong Wook and Kim Young Min. So had sued South Korea's Na National Health Insurance Services, NHIS, in 2021 because it had terminated benefits for his partner, Kim, whom he had registered as a dependent after the service discovered they were a gay couple. So that's a milestone for them over there in South Korea. And it's time for stories in the U.S., uh, explosion at Ohio Metals plant kills one worker and injures 13. Story courtesy of the Associated Press. A maintenance worker was killed in an explosion at an Ohio Metals plant that sparked a large fire and sent more than a dozen people to hospitals, with at least two in critical condition, authorities said. Emergency crews were called to the I. Schumann and Company Copper Alloy Company in the Cleveland suburb of Oakwood Village shortly before 3 p.m. on Monday. The blast shook the ground and scattered debris for a couple of hundred yards, damaging several vehicles, while smoke billowed into the sky in a cloud visible for miles. Stephen Mullins, 46, of North Ridgeville, who had been with the company for nearly 30 years, was killed in the explosion. The cause of the explosion remained under investigation on Tuesday, but fire officials said the explosion likely happened in the building's foundry, where molten metals are held in kettles. The state fire marshal's office, which is leading the probe, said on Tuesday the blast did not appear to be the result of a criminal act. Seattle becomes the first U.S. city to ban caste discrimination. Story courtesy of BBC.com. Uh, oops, let me get this off my screen. Okay, Seattle has become the very first city to ban discrimination based on caste after a vote by the city council. 
Councilwoman Kashama Sawant, who wrote the legislation, said the fight against caste bias is deeply connected to the fight against all forms of oppression. Advocates of the ban say that it is needed to prevent caste bias from becoming more prevalent in the U.S. The caste system in India dates back over 3,000 years and divides Hindu society into rigid hierarchical groups. The ordinance passed by Seattle on Tuesday follows similar bans on caste bias that have been introduced on the campuses of U.S. universities in recent years. Caste discrimination does not only take place in other countries, said Ms. Sawant, who is the only Indian American on the Seattle City Council. It is faced by South Asian American and other immigrant working people in their workplaces, including in the tech sector, in Seattle and in cities around the country. Ms. Sawant, a socialist, has previously spoken of being raised in an upper caste Hindu Brahmin household in India and witnessing such discrimination. So for a little more information about the caste, I had it open and I closed it out. Caste discrimination. Um, what is the meaning of caste discrimination? Caste discrimination involves massive violations of civil, political, economic, social and cultural rights. Caste-affected communities are denied a life in dignity and equality. And it exists in the U.S. Yes, it does. In case you thought it didn't, it is here. But typically when you hear about the caste system, most people think about India. Not only India, folks. It's here. Very much here. All right. Um... Yeah. Okay, next up. Sorry about that. Biden administration proposes strict asylum restrictions at the border. Story courtesy of BBCnews.com. U.S. President Joe Biden's administration has unveiled a plan that would make it harder for immigrants to claim asylum once COVID border controls lift in May. It would require adult asylum seekers to use an app to book a meeting with U.S. officials or first claim asylum in another country before reaching the U.S. Failure to comply would make migrants ineligible if they subsequently reach the border. Human rights groups likened the plan to Trump-era policies. The proposed measure is the toughest yet introduced by Mr. Biden who came into office promising a more humane approach to the border crisis. The proposed rule would apply to adults and families, but not to unaccompanied children. Under the plan, migrants would have to use a phone app to make an appointment to speak with a U.S. immigration official when they arrive at the border. Those who failed to make the appointment would be presumed to have been found ineligible for asylum in other countries they passed through. The proposal, issued jointly by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Department of Justice, allows for those undocumented migrants to be swiftly deported. If approved, it would be enacted on May 11, when Title 42, a Trump-era health emergency provision, 
allowing migrants to be expelled back to Mexico is due to expire. The Biden policy would remain in place for two years with the option of extending it. The American Civil Liberties Union, ACLU, said it would sue to block the rule from ever taking effect. The organization compared the plan to actions previously taken by former President Donald Trump that were ruled unconstitutional in the courts. Oxfam America said, This sweeping asylum ban will shut the door to countless refugees seeking safety and protection in the United States. But an unnamed Biden administration official told AFP News Agency, this administration will not allow mass chaos and disorder at the border because of Congress's failure to act. The public has 30 days to comment on the draft proposal. About 200,000 undocumented migrants attempt to enter the U.S. each month, recent government records show. Barbara Lee enters hotly contested race for California Senate seat. Story courtesy of MSNBC.com. Representative Barbara Lee, Democrat for California, has announced her 2024 candidacy for the California Senate seat, which is being vacated by Democratic Senator Diane Feinstein. Or Feinstein. How, how do you pronounce her last name? Feinstein, Feinstein, Feinstein. Which is it? With a win, Lee would become the second. Go Sorry, ahead. It's Feinstein. Feinstein. Thank you. Weinstein. Why didn't I think of that? I went to a young lady at school. Her last name no. in high school, her last name was Weinstein. So why didn't I think Feinstein? You know what? Thank you, Sadette. No, man. Be nice to yourself. You can't remember everything. But <laughs> Feinstein, she was a mayor of San Francisco at one point. But go on. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. With a win, Lee would become the second black woman elected senator in the state after the 2016 victory of the current vice president, Kamala Harris, and just the third in U.S. history. Two other California Democrats, Representatives Katie Porter and Adam Schiff, have also declared their candidacy, candidacy for Feinstein's seat. No one is rolling out the welcome mat yet, especially for someone like me, Lee says in a video announcing her Senate bid. The video lists some of her key accomplishments as a California lawmaker, including her authorship of the state's first Violence Against Women Act and a 1995 bill targeting hate crimes against LGBTQ people. Enlisting her accomplishments as a U.S. representative, Lee notes that she was the only member of Congress to vote against authorizing the war in Afghanistan, a fact that has made her into even more of an anti-war hero. The more that Americans have discovered that U.S. officials misled the public about the war. For those who say my time has passed, well, when does making change go out of style? Lee is 76 years old. The race for Feinstein's seat pits multiple Democratic stalwarts against one another at a time when cultural identity and representation are taking center stage in state politics. Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom vowed to appoint a black woman if Feinstein were to retire during his time as governor. He won't have that opportunity with Feinstein stepping down at the end of her term.
But last year's unearthed audio of racist rhetoric being used during a meeting involving several Los Angeles City Council members has only increased Californians' demands for more black representation at the state and federal levels. How are the folks in California feeling about this, Sonette? I am not sure how Sonette's feeling about this. <laughs> Diane Feinstein is 84 years old. Barbara Lee is 70. How much? Why? Nancy Pelosi was 80-something. She just stepped down. Where are the young people in California? Oh, I'm sorry. I, it sounds age. It's, yes, this was an ageist comment. Hold no, it against me. No, I'm not going to hold it against you because haven't I said here time and time again that we need young minds? And I would recommend that the older ones um, stand as supporters. Be there because their wisdom is needed. We're not going to um, block, lock them out. We need their wisdom just as we go to our elders for advice, right? We, we, we're going to need them for guidance to use them as sounding boards. I don't want to, I shouldn't use the word, use them, but have them be sounding boards for the younger ones to see, are we on the right path? What do you recommend? And, you know, their experiences, pair that with mother, modern day situations. Can we find a middle ground? I, I think that I personally feel that after, what, 70? What's a reasonable age? Politics in America is com tending to be like a, a race to the grave now. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm in right? serious. How old is our president? Wow. I mean, come on. I mean, and I, let, let me be clear. Barbara Lee is impressive as all. There, you, you read her bio. It's incredibly impressive. Same for Diane Feinstein or Feinstein. I feel now, yeah, Feinstein. The same for her. She's incredibly impressive, as was Nancy Pelosi. But why do they not have um, people under their wings? It, it's, it's incredibly sad. That, that's my point, and, I, and I've gone back and restated what my opinion. But yeah, that's where I am. Yeah, so can they just mentor people? At what stage will you say enough is enough? Right. I mean, you're 76 and you just want to run for office? I mean, seriously? She no, already has office. No, she already has an office. She's going for for fine so size. It's like a, a, a race to the grave. <laughs> I don't know. Mentorship is dead, I guess, right? Um That's a term, thank you. Mentorship. <laughs> yeah. Uh career politicians indeed, Javed. Career politicians. Um while we applaud everything that you have been able to accomplish, I think there comes a time when, you know, it's okay to step aside. I've said this several times. I don't want to beat a dead horse. It's okay to step aside. It's okay to take someone under your wings, as you have said, and guide them accordingly. Understanding that we're in a new age, a new era. And I'm not saying that you haven't kept abreast of the changes. But sometimes to deal with what we have facing us now, we need younger people who are more in touch. More, a little more in touch with what's going on. You know, all right. 
Debrat Tat Tat is pregnant at the age of 48. Congratulations, Bratat Tat Tat. Courtesy of CNN Entertainment. Debrat once famously rapped that she was here to represent for the rest of the family, and now her family is growing. On Tuesday, the 48-year-old recording artist revealed that she is expecting her first child. I never thought I was going to have children, the funkified rapper told People magazine. I just thought it wasn't in the cards for me. I have a great career, a full life. I felt light because I did not get pregnant earlier on. Then it just wasn't going to happen. A year ago, DeBrat married Jessica Judy Harris Depart, and who has three children. Harris Depart told the publication it took some convincing to get DeBrat to carry their newest member of the family. We had a little tug of war in the beginning, but I felt she should have the experience. She is so nurturing. According to people, DeBrat had surgery to remove fibroids and polyps prior to an embryo transfer procedure. She also suffered a pregnancy loss prior to her current pregnancy. So we're wishing her all the best and a safe delivery. I think she's absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely. The brat, brat, brat. All right, we're going to take another quick break, a little more from our hashtag WCW artist for today, the one and only Marcia Griffiths. Here she is singing Cry Me a River. Taking you back. You've got to go down your knees and cry me a river. But y'all know about this right here. You've got to go down your knees and cry me a tear. For ever since the world began. Always hurt by men. That is why. That is why you got to cry. You've got to go down to your knees and hurt yourself. You've got to break your heart the same way you broke mine. So maybe you will realize. the most ungrateful person I ever met. Sorry, fellas. You left me here alone to regret. <laughs> she must have been going through a bad experience but at that time. Because she treated you so unkind. The first person that's on your mind is I. Now you want to come back to me? But you're going to be sorry. You got to cry. You got to cry. You got to
don't know what you did to her Teflon, but she was mad. You've got to go down your knees and cry me a river. You've got to go down your knees and cry me a Teflon, that was you letting her know you had feelings for Shansia. Yep. They say the new broom may sweep clean, but the old broom knows the corners best.
to give a big thank you to everyone listening online, QMZRadio.com and JohnOradio.com. Thank you for tuning in to Coffee and Toe World News on the Go. Thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. After all, this is where the conversation happens. Today it is hashtag WCW. We celebrate women and today we are celebrating Marcia Griffiths. Taking you back in time again, here she is singing Hurtin' Inside. I'm a hurting inside I'm a hurting inside When I was just a little child Happiness was there a while Then from me up after dreamland we have business and tech news along with health and science news and our black history moment
Thank you for that one, Master Griffiths. Now it's time for Business and Tech News. Wall Street tumbles. Dow loses 697 on fares about high rates. Story courtesy of the Associated Press via WSVN. Stocks tumbled to their worst day in two months on Tuesday, buckling on the worries about higher interest rates and their tightening squeeze on Wall Street and the economy. The S&P fell 2% for its sharpest drop since the market was selling off in December. The Dow Jones Industrial Average lost 697 points or 2.1%, while the Nasdaq Composite sank 2.5%. Home Depot fell to one of the market's larger losses after giving financial forecasts that fell short of Wall Street's expectations. It dropped 7.1%, despite reporting stronger profit for the last three months of 2022 than expected. The retailer did say, and we spoke about it this week, it would spend $1 billion to increase wages for hourly U.S. and Canadian workers. That fed into broader worries for markets that rising costs for companies have been eating into profits, which are one of the main levers that set stock prices. So I have a question. <laughs> and I know I am not savvy. I am don't. <laughs> When it comes to the stock market and because me don't do it and i do have some questions with you know mm, very skeptical about it let me say let me see if i can make myself make sense when the dow lose when the stocks go down where the money go where the money go me, me just need somebody to ask me answer that question where the money go where did it go down to? Who got it? Who took that? What happened? So is it today? And let somebody help me make sense of it. So I have a pen in my hand. I have valued this pen at $100. But then there is this group of people who tomorrow tell me, oh, no, the pen is no longer worth $100. It's now worth $50. And then the next day, the same group of people tell me the pen is now worth $75. Can somebody explain the stock market to me, please? Because I have never been able to understand it. I've always thought these, you have just this bunch of people playing with people money. And the people who are really losing are the ones who are investing. On the, you know, the small investors. That, that's me. If I'm wrong, somebody guide me, please. The, the money dwindling, the, the money dwindling thin air. It's valuation. I mean, when 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 you when your real estate property goes down, where the money goes, is is the is is the same thing. It does. So who it's, it's determines? Just it just it goes up and down. So Dre, who determines when it must go up and down? 
demand and supply. The market. You're into real estate. Just compare it to real estate. Just look at the stock as a, a piece of paper, a property. And it just depends on the market. Things good. Or just say you buy Apple stocks, right? Um, Apple making a lot of money. The valuation of the stock goes up. If they're not making a lot of money, it goes down. The money don't go anywhere. It's just up and down, up and down. And when it's up and you've seen a profit, just cash it out. So watching your money is a full-time job, right? So, all right, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. I'm watching the money. And let's talk about it. Go back to $100. Tomorrow, I see it up at $150. The value of the pen at $150. And I say, all right, let me wait and wait. You know, it's going to go up again. And I say the next day, $175. I say, yes, it's going to go on. And now I take not note. And then the following day, this is $75. What happened? Do I just leave it there and then it will come back up or do I have to add more money because I've now lost $25 off of what I initially invested? So, so that's why when you invest in something, you have to like pay attention to the market. You really have to be in it. Um, and it just depends. So, I will leave it there. So if it's like a, a, a stock like Apple or Amazon, um, I would just leave it there, knowing that when the market turns, these companies are reputable companies and it will come back. And um, yeah, you could add more money in there also to even out your account. And because when the, when, when the prices drop, those are good time to buy. So if it dropped back to 70, say, for instance, you uh, bought it for $90 and it went up to 175, but it dropped to $75 now. If it's a stock like Apple that you know will come back, it's good to buy more, even though your account fall. But now you're getting those stocks at $75 at a cheaper rate. So when it goes back up to 175, you're making $100 on each of those extra stocks or whatever your account balance out to. But it's always good to pay attention to the market, whether you're investing in real estate, stocks, gold, you know. But, yeah, the money don't go anywhere. The money just gone when it drops. Well, it's also um, not advisable to be investing in individual stocks like that. You have to balance your portfolio because that is where it comes yes. from. Because the stock would go up and down like almost every day. So when you see the movement of a stock over a period of time, it's basically a moving average and it's not like specific price points per se because it goes up and down and if they take the average of that. So sometimes, most time to balance your portfolio, you have to have more than one stocks moving in different directions from different industries and so on. So it's not just a single stock because in a given day, a stock could move 5% up or down so you could win or lose and the valuation of the stocks usually goes with the um, the company performance so you see most movements when they're after earnings reports 
and uh, after the reporting and stuff like that, so people see, okay, did you meet your target for the quarter, or did you miss your target, or if there is things like um, change management, does a manager comes in that was influential, and you figure, okay, the person replacing him is not so favorable, or vice versa, you know. Um, the demand for that stock goes up and down. Sometimes depends on the performance, and that drive that's also drive the prices as to where it is at a given point in time. So there are various factors um, behind the prices and the movement of stocks. So I will recommend if you're not into it, you just buy into an index or something like that, like the S and P 500, which is like 500 stocks. So it's basically a diversified portfolio you're buying into so you don't have to worry too much about the individual the movement of an individual stock per se all right okay so thank you dre thank you donald question so let us say it, the 100 dollar value has dropped to 75 dollars, and i decide i'm not going to add nothing more no more money not putting anything and i let it sit there when it picks back up does that amount increase as well does my 75 go back to 100 or possibly 125 or 150 or it's just going to be the 75 no it's going to pick back up it's going to pick so back if you up. buy if you buy uh sorry no no, no 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 i was saying okay it's going to pick back up all right go ahead go ahead right so if you buy one stock for how much you said all right say you it's buy hundred dollars okay yeah, if you buy so you buy it for a hundred dollars. Just we're just doing one stocks right right, right now. You buy right. it for a hundred dollars. That's what you pay for it, right? It goes up to one twenty. You're in the profit at twenty dollars. It dropped back to seventy five. You're in the loss of twenty five dollars. But when it picked back up and goes back to one twenty, you're in the gain again. So that's just how that stock works. It just goes up and down, up and down. Okay. So yes, you you get the money when it goes back up. So my next question. To my follow-up question how is it then you'll hear people say they lost everything in the stock market if the market goes up and down and it picks back up and go you know how is it and then people are losing everything i don't you don't that. lose you don't money. lose in the stock market unless you withdraw your money exactly that's that's the mindset you have to have the, you could say the, that you're in the negative my my account is down Right. And your account could be down for two, three, four years. Right. But you actually don't lose until you withdraw that money. So if you put in the hundred dollars for that one stock and now that stock dropped to fifty dollars, you're down by fifty dollars. But you haven't taken a loss as yet because you haven't withdraw that fifty dollars because chances are it might go back up to whatever. Three hundred dollars. Right. So you really don't lose until you withdraw that money. Um, People don't have patience to wait. It's the long game. What I saw that went on, sorry. What I saw that went on during the COVID time when um, everybody was just buying stock and everybody become the stock genius or whatever, like that, that, that time the market was just off, right? <clears throat> so a lot of people, like when the market went up, they buying and buying the market went up. They see all this money and then the market crash. And they don't they 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 don't realize that the market is really a long game. Just like real estate, it, it it's a long game. So now, 
they put their 30 grand or whatever in and now their account is down to five grand and they can't stand that their account is negative twenty five thousand dollars they took they take that five grand and say they lose everything no sit it out sit it out okay. yeah the thing is the gain is unrealized until you cash out wallace so as dre said if you kept that five dollar that um five thousand dollars it's just an unrealized gain on the books basically but that five thousand dollars could um uh, unrealized loss that five thousand dollars could go back up to now fifty thousand but once you cash out you actually lose the 25. If it's there, you need a, you don't lose because you're still in the market. You may be done, but you don't, haven't lost as yet. You only lost when you take it out or win and, when you take it out. Yeah, and, and, and another thing that they don't tell you too, a lot of people just love to see money grow, right? Right. <laughs> so so <laughs> you put your 30 grand in there, right? Mm -hmm. And it got to $100,000 and now you're plus 70 grand. Right. Any smart investor would tell you, you take profit uh -huh. because it might go back down. So you, you see you have 70 grand and it was like, oh, the market is going up. It probably go up to 200,000 and you, you don't take your profit and it go up to 150 and then all of a sudden, sudden something, something happened and it just dropped down to 10 grand. Now you're crying and you're like, God damn, I could have walked away with 70 grand last week. <laughs> but, but you know you could, so you don't see a gain or a loss unless you take some money but, unless you cash out but Dre you could still play the upside and put a stop loss you could put so a stop put loss automatic stop loss so that anytime you drop below this or you reach a certain point I'm cashing out so I know I won't exactly, lose anymore exactly no, no, but no, some you, people don't do that now you make it difficult for them though but i didn't want to get into the, yeah, the, the stop loss all, yeah and, that, and that's too much make me, me not me, um that's too much but i i thank you Joan. i thank you don i think um teflon you are trying to say something as well you're trying to add something go ahead yeah can, can you hear me yeah man go ahead go ahead yeah yeah um the only the only time you lose um the only time um you lose when you're still in the market is when um, the company actually gets wiped out. So if the company does really bad and um, if they go bankrupt, sometimes that can happen. Like it, it happened with a lot of big um, cryptocurrencies where um, the value of the actual asset literally went to zero. So when it goes to zero, you will literally lose all your money. Hmm. That's, what, that's what I'll put that out there. All right. So, so if, if, if Apple is that, Hundred and if you just keep watching it, so um, I only lose if, it, if I sell. And I'm just watching it, and it goes down to twenty, and it goes down to fifty, and it goes down to five, and it goes down to zero. Then you literally get wiped out. So, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. As you said earlier, you just have to pay close attention to the market. If you're in the market, you have to literally watch it. You have to watch it very, very close because. <laughs> If something happens, at least you got time to kind of come come out. You know what I mean? And yet, then you have to like watch the news as well. You, yes, it's a lot of work being an investor. Yeah, I was about to say it sounds like a lot of work that you, as though you have to be pinned to the screen. Um, the, the only the only time the, the, the only time um, I find it less stressful being in index. So if you if you if you invest in the um, index like the mutual fund and stuff then 
that is less headache because it's diversified. It's um, it tracks the um, the indexes. But if you invest in like single companies, that's where the headache begins. Because I'm invested in the S and P, and I don't need to worry because um, if you look at the track record, um, like in in the last fifty years, it literally progresses upwards. You'll see a lot. You'll see it, it'll it'll go through times where it'll go down, then it'll go up. But there's a there's a less chance of there's a less chance of it um, literally going to zero. It's very impossible because they it actually tracks um, the top performing um, companies. So if you want less headache, um, don't don't invest in single stocks. Invest in like the S and P, like um, the Nasdaq and stuff like that. All right. Okay, so um, anyone listening online or right here on Clubhouse, um, for those of us who are not familiar, for those of us who have been scared and they say scared money don't make money, but um, yeah, at least we learned something. And I must, let me put the disclaimer out there. Nobody speaking today is speaking as a licensed professional, all right? This is just them talking about their personal experiences. You always want to seek the guidance of a licensed financial professional. All right. Let me just put that out there because me don't want nobody come back and say, okay. All right. Let's just get that straight for education, for um, you know, a little bit of education for you, a little insight into how regular folks do their thing. Okay. Uh, let me check the chat. S&P 500 is recommended for non-investors. All right. Perfect. Okay. Thank you all so much. Thank you, Teflon. Thank you, um, Dre. And thank you, Donald, for breaking it down for me. Next up, Supreme Court wrestles with lawsuit shield for social media. Story courtesy of WSBN. In its first case about the federal law that is credited with helping create the modern internet, the Supreme Court seemed unlikely Tuesday to side with a family wanting to hold Google liable for the death of their daughter in a terrorist attack. At the same time, the justices also signaled in arguments lasting two and a half hours that they are wary of Google's claims that a 1996 law, Section 230, of the Communications Decency Act affords it Twitter, Facebook, and other companies far-reaching immunity from lawsuits over their targeted recommendations of videos, documents, and other content. The case highlighted the tension between technology policy fashioned a generation ago and the reach of today's social media, numbering billions of posts each day. We really don't know about these things. You know, these are not like the nine greatest experts on the Internet, according to Justice Alina Kagan, uh, when speaking of herself and her colleagues, several of whom smiled at the description. Congress, not the court, should make needed changes to a law passed early in the Internet age. Justice Brett Kavanaugh, one of the six conservatives, agreed with his liberal colleague in a case that seemed to Cut across ideological lines. Yeah, I, I think as um, the landscape changes, you have to keep revisiting, right? You, I don't know if I would want to even own a social media platform that I make available for people to come on because 
oh my gosh whilst you're providing an, a space for people to be themselves and to be creative or to be not themselves pretend you know because a lot of fakers aren't there everybody everybody pretending to be somebody uh that they're not um while i'm providing that arena for them i also have to be cognizant of you know the damage that can be done and people are people and as i've said before people are born with good and evil and people will use something that was meant for good to carry out their evil deeds you know i, I don't know if i'd want that headache at all at all at all at all but um yeah uh, next up, Mormon Church and its investment manager fined $5 million by the SEC. Story courtesy of CNN, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and its investment manager will pay a $5 million fine to settle regulatory charges that it hid a huge investment fund. The Securities and Exchange Commission said on Tuesday that Ensign Peak Advisors, the investment management firm that handles the LDS's church's finances, failed to file forms that would have disclosed the value of certain church investments. Instead, the firm filed forms for shell companies that obscured the church's portfolio and misstated the firm's control over the church's investment decisions. The SEC filed charges against both the church for causing the violations as well as Esign, Ensign Peak. Sorry, said it wrong. The LDS church was concerned that disclosure of its portfolio, which by 2018 had grown to approximately $32 billion, would lead to negative consequences. Well, I'll be there. There's money in the church business. To settle the charges, Ensign Peak agreed to pay a $4 million fine and the LDS Church agreed to pay a $1 million penalty. Are they using these um, funds to help people who are really in need? Or are they just going to keep the portfolio growing and growing and growing? I don't know. I'm just asking. Oh, my gosh. Because um, the church has some of the biggest portfolios. Don't be tired. Don't get it twisted. They got a lot of money. And they have people in them church can't pay them light bill, phone bill, put food by their table. Well, let's let not knock them. I mean, that happens right around. A lot of the <laughs> churches collect a lot of money and really do not take care of the poorest among them. They preach it. They don't practice it for a lot of them. There are some that do, do but I mean, a lot of them can do a little better, you know? A little I was a church member of, of that church that told me they have $32 billion um, worth <laughs> or $32 billion sitting down on. And, me, and, and I look around the church and I see people struggling. Miss Sarah, may I call them out? I'm going to go up, go down when them have altar call and that's when I'm going to talk. They're going to carry me out of the church. They will be taking me out of the church because I will be speaking out. Because the church's purpose, one of the, yeah, one of their purposes, you're supposed to look after the elderly, the orphans, the sick, the, the, the suffering, the indigent, those who are lacking, you should be able to step in and provide for them, help them. I hope they're doing that. 
I really hope them do that. I really hope them I do that. Thirty-two billion dollars. I'll be damned. So I can need to need to invest my money in a church. I, I'm guaranteed some ROI. <laughs> Forget S and P. I'm sorry. Lord have mercy. I will not be dangling by the gates of hell. Sorry, but I like the fire. The maker of Enfamil recalls 145,000 cans of infant formula over bacteria risks. Story courtesy of NPR.org. One of the dominant infant formula. formula infant formula. That's what I get. I'm messing with the church. One of the dominant infant formula manufacturers in the U.S. is recalling two batches of its popular Enfamil product over potential health risks. Reckitt announced on Monday that it is voluntarily recalling some 145,000 cans of ProSoB. Let me say that again. The ProSoB, uh, simply plant-based infant formula. This is due to a possibility of cross-contamination, and I'm not going to bite up my tongue, of a chronobacter, can't say the last word, it's S-A-K-A-Z-A-K-I-I, bacteria. And that bacteria can cause rare but life-threatening infections in newborns. The name of that again, it's the ProSoB, Simply Plant-Based Infant Formula. It's made by Enfamil, ProSoB. All right, so look out for that. Check your pantries. Next up, you, we, we've spoken about this here before. European food experts say the American diet is almost certainly making people sick. Story courtesy of BallAlert.com. We know that. The goal is to kill us. Foods in the U.S. are suspected of having a carnicogen ingredient called potassium bromate which isn't allowed for human consumption in europe china or india certain food manufacturers in the united states employ the chemical component typically tiny crystals or powder to fortify dough it is estimated to be in more than 100 products donald you remember when you asked the other day just to give you a list of what we can eat right now nothing 100 products are on the list there is evidence that it may be toxic to human consumers that it may even either initiate or promote the development of tumors folks check your labels it's called potassium bromate if it's on that label do not purchase additionally Several other substances and chemicals prohibited in Europe due to health concerns are permitted in the United States, like titanium dioxide, also known as E-171, titanium dioxide, E-171, brominated vegetable oil, BVO, or E-443. We have to pay attention to these things, you know, because when you read the labels, these are the things they catch us with. And we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> we don't, you know, we don't pull out our phones and jump on Google to see what it is. Potassium bromate, E924. Azotocarbonamide, E927A. 
and propyl paraben E217. Likely, most Americans aren't aware that their eating substance is considered dangerous in Europe. Well, we spoke about that. We spoke about it. Quite, I remember somebody once said, if you can't pronounce it, don't eat it. If you can't pronounce what is on the label, leave it alone. Chances are, it's going to kill you. What can we eat? But the bigger question is, why is it allowed or why are these ingredients allowed why oh we know why they have to work hand in hand with the pharmaceutical company and the pharmaceutical company has to work hand in hand with the doctors the medical field because if you don't get sick doctors don't have jobs and if doctors cure you the pharmaceutical company won't make any money there you have it in a nutshell and, and and some of these ingredients that uh, go ahead go ahead, uh, Tetlon, go ahead. yeah 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 go ahead I, I, I keep getting a red bar no man we're hearing you we're hearing you it's um, it's so, clubhouse it, it's there okay yeah i think um like most most of the ingredients are made to um to preserve the foods as well because um, a lot, of the, a lot of foods they're put in shops for so long, like for, for like sometimes even a month. So they use um, all these chemicals and all these acids and all these preservatives just so it can last longer. Um, but again, just like what you said, it's, they all go hand in hand as well with big pharma. So you, you, you consume the foods, you get sick, and then the pharma people come in, and then. They make their money that way. The doctors get paid. The pharmaceutical companies get paid. Um, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I think I was well. I said it. If if the if, if the ingredients is too long and you can't pronounce it, you yeah, don't buy it. That's <laughs> <laughs> sad. I think they have a meeting um, every year, Teflon, where representatives from each industry meet up and say hey what we're going to do this is what we need to do all right because we need more money more money more money we need to keep them sick right they're going to think they're getting better but then this drug is going to create another problem and another oh my gosh i'm sick of it a fifth hiv patient cured following stem cell transplant story courtesy of ballalert.com in a stunning milestone for hiv research a fifth man has been cured of the virus on Monday, researchers published their latest findings in Nature Medicine. The 53-year-old referred to as the Dusseldorf patient has now become the fifth patient in the world to be cured of the potentially lethal virus thanks to a stem cell transplant. He initially received treatment in 2019. He has not taken medication since then, and it has been confirmed that he has no traces of the virus virus well good for you scientists continue to look into stem cell transplants as a long-term means of curing patients living with hiv while the use of anti what is it anti what is, how you pronounce it i'm gonna just break it down atv medication i'm not breaking up my tongue today can deem people living with the virus undetectable the stem cell transplant offers complete eradication within the body though promising the treatment is still extremely risky and hard to complete. So can we hear about the process 
what makes it extremely risky and why is it hard to complete? Or is that just a way to kind of deter folks with HIV? Huh. Fifth person, how many people have you tried it on? Uh, what are the stats? I want to see the stats in terms of the number of people that stem cell transplants have been tried on and compare that to the success rate versus the failure rate. I want to see that. Let me have that. Because I don't like what you're saying, though, promising the treatment is still extremely risky. I want more info. All right, next up in our uh, Black History Moment, Margaret E. Bailey. Anybody ever heard about her? No, nobody? Okay. Margaret E. Bailey, born December 25th, 1915, died in August, uh, on August 28, 2014. Margaret E. Bailey was a United States Army Norse Corps colonel. She served in the Corps for 27 years, from July 1944 to July 1971, nine of which she served in France, Germany, and Japan. During her career, Bailey advanced from a second lieutenant to colonel, the highest achievable military rank in the Norse Corps. She set several landmarks for black nurses in U.S. military, becoming the first black lieutenant colonel in 1964, the first black chief nurse in a mixed, non-segregated unit in 1966, and the first full black colonel in 1967. During World War II, Bailey treated German prisoners of war, in the later years of her military career, she worked actively with minority organizations and advocated to increase black participation in the Corps. After her retirement from the Army, she served as a consultant to the Surgeon General in the Nixon administration, working to increase the number of minorities in the Nurse Corps. For many years, she made speeches supporting equal participation in United States Army across the United States. Bailey grew up in one of the most segregated areas of the South. She was born in Selma, Alabama on December 25, 1915. Her father, Adam Bailey, died when she was only eight years old, and her mother, Hattie Bailey, moved the family to Mobile, Alabama. There, Bailey graduated from W.H. Council Elementary School, then from Emerson Junior High School, and in 1933 from Dunbar High School. As a child, Bailey walked past a local hospital on her way to school, and a tidy look of medical personnel prompted her ambition to become a nurse. During the Great Depression, Bailey worked on school nights and Saturdays to help her family. After graduating from Dunbar High School, she worked for two years to save enough money to further her education. In 1935, she was accepted to the Fraternal Hospital School of Nursing, in Montgomery, Alabama. So, Margaret E. Bailey, today's Black History icon in our Black History moment. We salute you. <laughs> and it's time for sports news. Carl Malone. <laughs> this just keeps getting more interesting. Carl Malone says, he will not discuss 
any of the backlash over his controversial past. And then I also have one from Javet where <laughs> Carl Malone was a topic of controversy during NBA All-Star Weekend once he announced once he was announced as a judge for the NBA dunk contest. Malone's past of impregnating a 13-year-old while in college resurfaced. His response, whatever, I'm human. It's not a good response. <laughs> whatever, I'm human. In other words, I don't care. Moments. Yes, sir. Yes, baby. I could just, man, this is just beyond. I don't know why the NBA would put him, um, <laughs> bring him out of hiding and make him this slam dunk uh, judge. Uh, no contrition, anything on his part ever on this matter. And it's just bizarre. You know, they, they really hung out Kyrie Irving to dry, you know, for whatever they deemed offensive and posting this and that. By the way, Amazon was not uh, ever asked to take that down, by the Never way. Never asked? That, you know, nobody talks about that. <laughs> the, the, the origin of where this, uh, of where this uh, clip came from, video clip, is not, uh, you know, nobody's disputing. It should come down there, but uh, it, it was just bizarre that they'd bring out Carmelone to to be the uh, slam dunk. And just watching it was cringeworthy, just watching him come on stage. and uh, Just bizarre, just bizarre. Anyway, that's all I have on that. <laughs> According to Baller Alert, thank you, Fabian. According to Baller Alert, Carl Malone says he will not discuss any of the backlash. Mm -hmm. But Malone <laughs> says, I don't care. Literally, he said this. I don't care. That's my life. That's my personal life. And I will deal with that like I've had to deal with everything. So, whatever. End of quote. Malone was a judge for the league's popular slam dunk contest, but not without critics bringing up his past. The former jazz player impregnated a 13-year-old girl when he was 20 years old. He was a student at Louisiana Tech at the time and had denied fathering the child for years despite blood tests that confirmed 99.3% probability. That's according to a press article by the Associated Press in 1998. Malone has since gone on to form a relationship with his now 38-year-old son, the New York Post reported. Gloria Bell, the child's mother, chose not to, pr to press charges against Malone because he was a quote-unquote neighborhood kid and said he could quote-unquote not provide support for the child from jail. That's it. So what about all the others who say the same thing? Why was it? Why wasn't that decision made by a thirteen-year-old girl? And why state prosecutors? I, I'm scratching my head at this. I, I, I don't, I don't know if that's what them do things in Louisiana back then, but it's just bizarre. But, bizarre. Hold, but hold on, 
There's more. Malone also fathered twins when he was 17 years old. He reached an out-of-court settlement related to paternity. So clearly that seems as though there was another underage child. So it's a thing. It's a thing. Mm -hmm. The former NBA star denied access to longtime Tribune columnist Gordon Monson from attending his press conference. Monson wrote that Malone told a media representative he would only talk with media members if he were not there. So it seems as though he was the one that, you know, opened up Pandora's box. So, mm -mm. Hmm. He received a standing ovation, though, from the fans at Vivint Arena. Jackass, we have a saying in Jamaica, Jackass, Jackass which is an ass. Said the world no level. How is it that he was allowed to get away with quote unquote murder and others aren't able to? How is it that the state did not pick up the case? Regardless, because haven't there been cases where people will say, oh, no, 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 we don't want to press charges, blase, 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 but the state still picks up the, the case? All the time and every day. I think I, I think it's it's because the um, the laws keep changing. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe at the time, the laws was different, and now now the laws have got more tougher. Maybe 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 that's why. I'm, I don't know. I'm just just having a having a wild guess. <laughs> I don't know. Afternoon, everyone. Hey, James. What's up? Yeah, I'm good, good. Yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. I think it, had, it has to do with the time. Because remember, like, back back in those days, like, even in the Caribbean, like, um, you know, I know that happened, like, you know, 40 years ago. I know, like, you know, back in the 50s and because, like, even, like, my grandmother and um, people in her um, era, like, in Jamaica, like, um, she was married, like, at... Um, I think 15, 16 at the time. So I think, you know, if, if it happened like, say, 20 years ago, like, probably, like, you would have gotten um, charged for it. And then to add to it, like, you know, being like a rising star, you know, I'm sure that lawyers and, um, you know, people from, from even the, the NBA, like, probably were able to convince the, the parent that, look, as, as was mentioned, that, you know, yeah, like, you can press charges and lock him up, but then the child is going to grow up without a father. Look, we're going to make sure that you get a couple millions of dollars or whatever, and then everyone just shut up. But, yeah, I think 20 years ago, it, 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 the result would have been different. Okay. So, I, yeah, so I think, I think now, because trust me, like, the, the way things have changed now, like, like even when you watch like stuff from back in the, in in the 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 sixties and the seventies, like some of these shows where you even see like white people like using the n word, mm -hmm. a lot of those stuff things that happened like forty years ago will never fly today. So yeah, it, I think it's just the time. 
just the time. May have been. But how... <laughs> Here's what I don't get now. Onto nothing. Not to go off too far on a tangent. You at first deny that the child is yours, even though paternity tests reveal it's yours. But then later on now is when you really want to say, yes, you're my child. Explain that to me. How does that work? You choose when you want to be a father. You might as well stay gone. All the hard work is done and now you come in you, when it's all over. Why do they do this? Why? And I would love a man to explain to me. And I don't want no man tell me, say, the mother had a reason. That's BS. What is the reason for men not being there from children anywhere between 0 to 18 or 0 to 24? But once them done college, them show up. What is the reason? I think he said it. Um, they just they just want to bypass the um, the hard work, in it. <laughs> That's probably what it is, and and maybe and maybe it's probably um, with maturity. Like sometimes people grow in it. You you grow up, but like maybe at the time they was immature, and then they finally find sense. Uh, it could be all, all, all kind of things, but I think those are the two main things. <sighs> Cowards. Cowards. The woman has no choice but to deal with it. But they get the choice to walk away and then come back when the work is all done and act as though. And you know the part that upsets me? is when they try to tarnish the mother who had to struggle with that child. They tear the mother to pieces with the child. They blame the mother for everything instead of turning to that mother and apologizing for leaving her to carry the basket and the burden by herself and thanking her for doing an amazing job despite them not being there. They don't do that. I your mother, your mother, your mother, your mother, your mother. Stop it. Stop it. What about when mothers reach out to fathers who are absent fathers, living with, uh, uh, carrying on their own life, their dance every night, or you see them all over social media in the latest, this, the latest, that, and when you reach out to them for school fee and food and money to buy food for the child, them tell us, boy, you want to say, I mean, I have it, I mean, I have it. But you're eating, right? Well, if you not have it for your pitney, you're not supposed to have it for yourself either. Because I would think that your child becomes your, your priority. I've had to deny myself several things. My husband has had to deny himself several things to ensure our children have. We have to make sure them eat. We have to make sure them have clothes for wear. We have, there is, it's no longer about you. It's about the child. 
and I'm speaking to everybody, male and female right now, let go of the selfishness. And if you're not ready for a child, nobody have sex. Or if you're going to have sex, protect yourself. Because understand that with having sex comes the risk of pregnancy. And with, with pregnancy comes responsibility. Lifetime! It is what it is. I'm almost 50. And my, parents, my mom can't get rid of me. Too bad. She's stuck with me for the rest of her life. Right? It is what it is. Don't walk away and then come back. Well, I'm a proud of you. I say, proud of what? Who are you proud of? Who are you proud of? What are you proud of? And then the other part that gets me is that they will go on to have children with another woman and be the best father to those children. You forgot about the others? And nobody is saying you have to have a you have to be their physically with the woman that's the mother of your child or children nobody's saying that but damn it man be involved when was the last time you went to a football practice sat courtside or cheered them on in a basketball game out there in the pitch with them as they swung that bat when was the last time you ran to the pharmacy to get them medicine because they weren't feeling well or had to stay up with them all night as they threw up through the night Hauling your asses to, to the mall to try to f up and down from store to store trying to find the right uniform or going crazy fighting with others in stores to get school supplies. When was the last time you had to deny yourself to make sure that they had something to wear? Where are the sacrifices you made? ready for contact but yeah that's my son that's my daughter and then when the son or daughter becomes successful y'all want to ask them for things the nerve the nerve the nerve you have no conscience you're not on mine Taking deep breath moments. Yeah. Yeah. Let me breathe. <laughs> he who feels it knows it. Fifth discarded cigarette butt. DNA tests solve 52-year-old murder. Story courtesy of the Associated Press. A discarded cigarette found near the body of a 24-year-old Vermont school teacher in her apartment nearly 52 years ago helped lead investigators to an upstairs neighbor who they say strangled her after having a fight with his wife, police said on Tuesday. Burlington police DNA evidence collected from the cigarette butt and dogged investigative work led authorities to the man they say killed Rira Quran within a 70-minute window on a night in July back in 1971. The suspect, identified as William DeRus, who was 31 at the time, had left his apartment that night for a cool-down walk. 
after he returned, he told his wife of two weeks not to say that he had been out. Since the investigation was renewed in 2019, detectives re-interviewed DeRusse's former wife, and she told them he had left their apartment for a brief period within a window of time when Koran's roommates were out of her Burlington apartment. We're all confident that William DeRus is responsible for the aggravated murder of Rita Koran, but because he died in a hotel, hotel room of a drug overdose, he will not be held accountable for his actions, but this case will be closed. After Quran's death, Darus, who was known to some as a guru, moved to Thailand and became a monk. But he later returned to the United States. In 1986, he died of a drug overdose in San Francisco. Quran's parents died without learning who had killed their daughter. But the victim's brother and sister attended the event held at the Burlington Police Headquarters. Talk about a cold case. And not letting it go. Wow. DNA. Hmm. In our other, believe it or not, story, a pilot thought the instructor was pretending to be asleep, but the instructor actually died. Wow. A flying instructor died in flight after suffering a cardiac arrest, but his co-pilot thought he was fooling around and only realized after landing on the runway with the man slumped on his shoulder. According to a newly published safety report on the incident, the pilot thought the instructor was pretending to be asleep as the pair flew a circuit above near Blackpool Airport in Lancashire, England, and that happened on June 29, 2022. The qualified pilot had asked the instructor to accompany him aboard the four-person Piper PA-28 for safety reasons during windy conditions, and that's according to the UK's Air Accidents Investigation Branch report. Prior to takeoff, the pair chatted normally while the pilot taxied the craft out to the runway. The pilot told the AAIB, he said the instructor's last words were, looks good, there's nothing behind you. Shortly after takeoff, the instructor's head rolled back. As the two pilots knew each other well, the co-pilot thought his companion was just pretending to take a nap. Oh my gosh, what would you do if that happened to you? I don't know. Nothing you can do but try to maintain your composure. I would be out of sorts. I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't know. What is it though about being in a space that freaks us out. Being in a space with someone who has died, that freaks us out. Why don't we look at them as th though they're just sleeping? Why, why don't we do that? Hmm? Yeah, we need to do that. <laughs> All right, that one wraps up our Believe It or Not story. going to take a music break. Here's a little more from Marcia Griffith. <laughs>
345 years ago, Aristotle solved this. 92% of people never achieve their goals. Think about that for a second. And what's the reason? The answer is habits. Our habits prevent us from achieving our goals. I'm going to give you eight lessons that will allow you to achieve your goals. Discipline. Motivation. Motivation fades. Discipline remains. Develop discipline over time. When you're consistent, you build your discipline muscles day in and day out. Building. So you ever hear that saying, when you don't feel like doing it, do it anyway? That's discipline. Number two, begin with the end in mind. Imagine your future and then create it. When you know what you want and create a plan to achieve it, you can work backward to what you need to do each day to succeed. I'm going to add to that. Don't just create the plan. Visualize that plan by writing it down somewhere. We use technology now, so put it in your phone. Put it in your tablet, right? Put it on your computers. Number three, reduce friction. Choose goals and habits that align with your life. Make it as simple as possible to form habits. Number four, divide every big goal into small parts. Do not try to achieve your goals immediately. Make the first steps as small as possible. For example, walk two miles. Watch an educational video. Number five, use the when, then hack. Tie the work to a specific activity or time. For example, when I'm done brushing my teeth, I will floss. When I wake up, I will do yoga for 15 minutes. Number six, track your progress. Create a journal. Publish your results. You don't have to publish them online for the world to see, but publish your results for yourself to take a look at them. The more public you're tracking, the more likely you'll succeed if you're up to making it public for the world to see. And you know what? Probably not a bad idea. They may hold you accountable. When we add the element of public accountability, we increase our likelihood of persisting. Number seven, prime your environment. If you want to write, set up a writing area. If you want to work out, set up a home gym. Setting up our environment to facilitate our desired habits means we are more likely to follow through. And number eight, set up an external reward system. Have a cheat meal on Sunday when you've run each day this week. 
When you've read a book each day, watch a movie on the weekend. When we when we reward the behavior, we're more likely to maintain a commitment to the behavior. So folks, let us take a minute to analyze our habits. Be honest. What are some habits we need to change so that we can achieve our goals? That was a moment with me.
Gotta give a big thank you to everyone that tuned in online, JanoRadio.com. Download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. Thank you to everyone listening on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. For quality music while you work or play, Keep it logged on to www.qmzradio.com for that good music to get you through your day. And of course, I got to give a big thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me and you were listening to Coffee Into World News on the go. Tune in every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. Remember, you can also find me on Twitter at me media moments on Instagram, moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on TikTok, moments with me media. Whatever you do and wherever you go, I do ask that you please be safe. Look forward to seeing you all tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern, right here for Coffee and Toe. Felt you hard so close to mine, and I knew our joys would fill the earth. QMZ Radio and John O'Reilly, this is Moments with me signing out. Thank you.